Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all-new edition of The Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. My name is Andy, and I'm all alone. Again, the podcast is just a one-man show. And, oh, wait, <laughs> I just looked to my left. There is my wife, Jenny. This is some Matt Jackson acting, and I don't like it. <laughs> Welcome uh, back, Jenny. Thank you. We we you you were missed last week when I didn't have anybody to talk to. Oh, I'm sorry. And I uh, I recapped three shows in 22 minutes, uh, which brings me to the other person on the line, <laughs> Megan. Hello, I Hi. love Matt Jackson acting, so <laughs> I am pro this thing that you're doing. So I explained it a little bit on last week's show, um, which actually didn't even, I think it was Monday it came out, but uh, it was just a a series of uh, personal family issues that caused uh, the recordings to be pushed back and pushed back. And eventually it just, it became clear that we were not going to be able to do this. I wouldn't call them family issues. Well, I don't know how much you like, know how much you want to get into it. No, that would like make viewers, listeners worried for our families. Mm. We just had some family scheduling conflicts. Okay. Well, regardless, worried if they're nice, not worried if they're jerks. Yeah. Regardless, we're back, and uh, you know, last week we didn't get to do the thing that we do. So this week we're going to do the thing that we do, which is called the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Yeah. This week, I have a champagne. It's uh, Libart Regenere, Sir Le Grand Maurice, and is 100% Pinot Meunier. That's okay. a lot of French you just threw at us. That's a lot of poorly butchered French pronunciation, and I apologize. I also forgot to get the foil off of it, so... I am ill-prepared for this podcast. It's a different kind of sound effect that you're pre-pop. This is what it sounds like to open a bottle of champagne. Crunchy, crunchy, crunchy. I always do the crunchy part before we get on air so that the listeners don't have the crunchy part in their ears. It's good ASMR. (laughs) Megan, how do you feel when I tell you that I I recap three shows in 22 minutes? I feel like... You just tried to talk over my pop. Jenny's pissed. I feel like maybe I cause us to go two hours long, and I don't know if that's good or bad. I hope the listeners think it's good. Please. All right, Jenny, let's pop away. <laughs> oh, that was oh, good. That was a pretty good one, right? That was pretty good. Did you right, get Megan, that champagne you smoke? Um, I have Chandon. It's not. It's not technically champagne because it's not from champagne. It's just sparkling wine. I had Chandon yesterday. It was very good. It's uh, it's like an old faithful. It's a, it's a classic. And I can get it easily at Walgreens or Kroger's. Not CVS because they're monsters. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's two out of three ain't bad. So here we go. Oh, that was nice. That was a good one. Oh, I got a whiff of it on it. When it opened. Was it a good whiff? Yeah, I feel like when I say I got a whiff of it, it sounds like it could be bad. Like, uh-oh, who did that? What was that whiff of? But uh, no, it was a 
champagne whiff. Sparkly wine whiff, sorry. Sparkly wine. Well, cheers, y'all. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. <laughs> okay. Andy's having a sober Sunday. Andy is having a sober Sunday. And I told him that was... I'm, I was hoping my Sunday scaries would go away with a little champagne, so... I've been waiting all morning to start drinking. Well, you're going to drink a full bottle of uh, beautiful <laughs> champagne, and I think you're going to feel a lot better. I hope so. Okay. Sunday is such a loaded day. Mm-hmm. We've got so much news to get into. Um, so. Let's... Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I feel like some of it's going to be related to some things TK was putting out there. Oh, Yes. Oh, did you not cover any of that on Monday? No, I didn't do any news on Monday. Oh. That's why the show is 22 minutes long. Mm. <laughs> okay. The the first thing I want to bring up. <laughs> there was uh, a series of tweets from the Voices of Wrestling account uh, a few days ago. And let me see. I've got, I think I've got, uh, I think I've got it screen capped here. Yeah. Okay. This is Wednesday. Um, Okay, this is Joe Lanza of uh, Voices of Wrestling. Here's the scoop. WWE is leaking the Rampage Fast Nationals. This was tipped off to us and then confirmed by at least one of the outlets that has been reporting them. Come up with your own motivations, but that's who is feeding it to the news sites. My theory is that their strategy is to present Rampage as AEW being weak. SmackDown airs on the same night, so it's great PR to compare the numbers, especially since the general public has no understanding of what a good number is at Friday at 10 p.m. It's also notable that these leaks weren't happening until Rampage began to level off. Find me a Fast Nationals headline for the Punk return, or for Rampage being number one on cable. WWE can only claim AEW isn't competition for so long. PR leaks and a two-and-a-half-hour SmackDowns were inevitable. And that also plays into what WWE did this week, which was... Well, they did actually they announced it last week. During SmackDown... Um, on Fox, they announced next week we're going to be on Fox Sports 1 because baseball playoffs uh, on Fox. And it's going to be a supersized SmackDown, which means that uh, it was going to go an extra half hour and compete head-to-head with half of AEW Rampage. So I guess back to the Fast National story. I think this is interesting but I don't have any particular problem with it. No. That their WWE is just essentially framing Rampage in the way that benefits them and not Rampage. I mean, yeah, far for the course. Yeah, but I, I saw like some people getting like upset about it, and I think I think that's tribalism at work, where you know people who are really like in the AEW camp, fan wise, are upset when WWE does anything. You know, like, the, just does anything, like, uh, hostile. So, yeah. I guess I don't even understand why leaking a Fast National is bad. Okay. Well, okay, here's, so... There is the possibility. Because the, the thing with the Fast Nationals is they don't account for West Coast airings. Because the shows don't air live. On the West Coast? Ever? No. But then how, why do they have all these live sports entertainment contracts? Well, no, because you, because you, no, I mean, they, so yes, they air, so, so it airs, 
Smack uh, Rampage airs from 10 p.m. to midnight on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And from like 9 to 11 in the Central Time Zone. And the Pacific Time Zone, it airs from 10 to midnight, which is 1 a.m. for us. Mm-hmm. So they don't get they don't get it live as it airs. They get it they get it in that same time slot, mm. but you know adjusted for three hours. And so because of that, the people who watch that show on the West Coast are not factored into the Fast National. So the final number that comes out on Monday is always going to be higher than the Fast National that comes in on Saturday morning. Okay. So I think the idea is that if WWE gets the numbers out that AEW that the Rampage was like kind of weak. That's the number people are going to focus on. And even when the real number comes out on Monday, that, that story about the low number has already been out for two days. Okay. Because I would say a majority of people don't know details about the numbers and just compare, like, this one's higher or lower. Yes. Sure. Totally. But then the other thing is, I mean, is it really a leak? Are these, like, secret numbers? Or... These are, At one, how are they getting them if they are somehow like WWE is able to get them because they are they're the ones who are broadcasting the shows that they have direct access to the numbers as soon as they come out, as soon as they're available. WWE isn't broadcasting the shows. Well, they they have a show on. It's they their have a show. show. On, they have their show. I bet Tony Khan gets them too. They have relation. Yeah. They have relationships with, you know, the ratings people. Well, so yeah, the, but that doesn't feel like that's a leak if it's well, no, information okay. that's... But it's it's specifically um, giving the numbers to certain outlets who are more than happy to carry WWE water and post these stories with, with you know, with no context and to, you know, to suit their, to suit their needs. Like, do we as consumers have access to Fast Nationals ever or just later? Is that a, a thing I think Jenny's getting at is like, what's the leak part of this? Could we look them up later? Or is it just the fact that WWE and, and the broadcasting places get them like right away and then pass yes, them on? It's, it's okay. that. It's that. We, so, I mean, if it weren't for people reporting ratings data, mm-hmm. we would never get any of it. Right. It's not like there isn't, the, Nielsen doesn't like publish their ratings themselves it's it's up to like entertainment reporters to do that kind of work and like sites like showbuzz daily and things like that um okay so it is a leak in the sense that like we would never have access to those numbers if not for them being provided to pub- people who publish them yeah i i okay. that's 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 my understanding at least yeah okay. okay that makes more sense okay so wwe said, okay, we're going to do a two-and-a-half-hour show so we can go head-to-head with their Rampage show. Because we know that this is going to be the lowest-rated SmackDown of the year because it's on Fox Sports 1 and not Fox. And, and the end worried. of a two-and-a-half-hour show is always the best part of it. <laughs> they, were, they were willing to hurt their own overall number to damage <laughs> Rampage, yes. But wait, they did this specifically this week because they were worried that AEW numbers might be better than theirs this week because fewer people have fs1 yes yes they were worried that they might lose in the ratings not in overall viewership but in the ratings okay to rampage i didn't i don't think that there was a very good chance of that um because even though even though there is a seven million uh viewer difference in available homes from fs1 to tnt 
you're still talking about 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. versus 10 p.m. to 12 p.m. or 12 a.m., which I think is yeah. is significant. Um, yeah. But they really, really, really didn't want to look bad. So they, so they threw on the extra half hour. They announced, also, this extra half hour is commercial free. Um, also, we're going to put uh, a Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch title match on in that spot. Uh, and so I think it was that. And then like the show ended with the Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns confrontation. Mm-hmm. So they put, they, they threw all of like their biggest stuff possible right at the end of the show. And AEW countered by running what they called a buy-in, which is the term they use for their pay-per-view pre-shows mm-hmm. of rampage with an hour long commercial free presentation on YouTube with three matches, one of which was Brand Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki, which we will get to. But, I, so, I don't know. I was having so much fun following all this back and forth this week. All these, this, this, like these, these two big companies just throwing haymakers at each other, trying to get the, the better of it. And I was, I was very excited for Saturday morning, because I was thinking, like, okay, these fast nationals are going to get reported. What's it going to say? And wouldn't you know it? No fast nationals came out, and I think that means it wasn't great news for WWE. Yeah, because cause nobody's leaking them. Yes, yes. Now, so ba- when they were leaking them, they were leaking both SmackDown and Rampage, yeah. so that you would have a compa- direct yes. comparison. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we did not get fast nationals. What we do have is top ten markets. We have the ratings for Rampage in the top ten markets in the country, and. And these came come from Dave Meltzer, who got them from one of his rating sources directly. Cody now, Rhodes. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Now I'm not gonna go over all of these, obviously, but I will say this: last week's rampage was way down. It was the lowest rated rampage so far, and it was up against a big baseball playoff game. Something about this week's show, and I think it might have just been all the promotional juice, like buzzing about the competition and the head-to-head. I mean, Tony Khan got out there with, like, heart-shaped sunglasses, like, you know. <laughs> I love those sunglasses. <laughs> he got out there with heart-shaped sunglasses. He was he was accidentally leaking pay-per-view cards on a five-star notebook paper. Um, he was a mess. He was, like, a freaking mess this week. But, okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> Portraying himself as a mess. This I love it. So this, I love that messy little bitch that loves drama. <laughs> all this to say, all this to say, they... Oh, I'm I'm refilling. I hadn't even finished my glass. I got so excited about this topic. She's like, "Give the spill the tea." (laughs) I need I need the little like baby Yoda soup spoon. Yeah. (laughs) All this to say, in the top ten markets for Rampage this week versus Rampage last week, they doubled their number. Wow! Damn. Yes. So now that is, of course, not necessarily representative of the rest of the country. Uh, but that's what that's what the top it's, it's, it was it was twice as good for them in the top ten markets. So I think I think this is I mean the fact that WWE didn't get out there <laughs> that warms makes, my makes heart. Makes me think that I still don't think they probably won uh, AEW, but I think it was probably a lot closer mm-hmm. than WWE wants to uh, you know have out there. So we'll we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. I, this whole this whole thing was has been a real blast to follow. Uh, or maybe someone just slept in on Saturday. <clears throat> maybe, but it didn't come out today either. So I hear Vince McMahon is up at like three a.m. starting his day. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. So that's a, I am not one of those militant, um, you know, AEW ride or die people. I mean, I love them. Don't get me wrong. I just, I really love how petty competition makes WWE because it's <laughs> so funny to watch. <laughs> I don't like their reaction. Like, granted, Tony Khan's getting in on it this week, and I think that's also super funny, but it's just like these two grown-ass men being like, having like a dick measuring contest, and I, I think it's hilarious, and I love it. And, you know, I got an extra hour of Rampage that I wasn't expecting, and initially when I saw the buy-in was an hour long, I was like, god damn it, this is a two-hour show I have to watch, but I enjoyed the hell out of it, so I'm not, a, I'm not even upset. Like, give me good wrestling. Competition breeds quality. I Sometimes. Sometimes it breeds bad things. But yeah. seems like this week we got a hell of a show. And I didn't have to watch commercials for the first half of Rampage, which I never do. But I didn't have to click the skip button on my <laughs> app. <laughs> so, good stuff. So, uh, another another person who was out there. Talking a lot of Yang more publicly than uh, leaking stuff to uh, websites uh, was Roman Reigns uh, did a huh. big did a big interview with uh, Complex magazine. Uh, oh, about... I heard about this. Did you? I saw it come up as like a little sidebar, like other headline for one of the wrestling stories. I think you sent me, or I look. I looked up. Oh, I looked up the AEW card for Dynamite, and on the little side clickbait thing was like roman reigns talk some shit and i was like well i'd like to see that and then i clicked it so i don't i think it's what you're about to talk about but go ahead sorry i I'm just sure, was so no, excited sure to be is. on top of things <laughs> uh he was he was you know it was a wide-ranging interview covering you know most it was mostly wwe topics but they did talk some about aew and he was asked about how he views aew as competition for wwe and i'm um, just gonna pull a couple of his quotes here he said I don't see the real competition with AEW because I think that their fan base legitimately is a hardcore fan base. So there's like a ceiling and a built-in ground to that viewership. The WWE is trying to connect with everyone. We're trying to connect with the mainstream. We're trying to pull in the casual fan. We're trying to pull in the new viewer while also servicing our hardcore fan base and give them compelling stories to fulfill them as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've, and this, this is an interesting line. I don't know if I've said it before, but I've said it before. When the audience, when the audience is probably the biggest character in your show, that's strange to me. So, huh? So Roman was saying that he thinks that the crowd is like the thing in AEW, which to me says that you're saying that your crowd fucking sucks. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like saying like it's what's well, not fair to compare us because their crowd makes their show look better. Wait, but <laughs> we've you, been explicitly if, told not to interact with our crowd. Yeah. I mean, if you take that though, you guys can draw a direct core. It, I mean, I think you could make that argument based on them coming back to crowd situations and how kind of stale I think their product was before. Yeah. And I, but mean, I, I don't know that that's just because there's a correlation doesn't mean it's the cause, but like I, I, I could see how someone could actually make that argument and have facts to support that argument because of the nature of, you know, I mean, I, okay. I agree with you. It definitely, there, there was a major shift when you added a crowd back. I just think it's kind of weird that like you say you're trying to appeal to everyone, but at the same time, like 
you don't want the the people you're appealing to to be a big part of your show. <laughs> like, you know, like, I also don't care what they think. Like, <laughs> it's not about them. Yeah. It's not about the crowd. It's not about the pasta. Um, I think, see, okay, the thing I read uh, was probably a subset of that same, ar- like, um, the quote that was pulled was probably a subset of that same article or that same, like, thing, interview he did because the article I read was about how he was asked about would you want to fight CM Punk? Oh, we'll, or, we'll get there, Megan. Oh, okay. So you covered that. Because <laughs> I was going to say, I think Roman um, is precious in that, like, he's grown up in the system and maybe his, like, I don't think his opinions about wrestling are necessarily universal or even spot on in a lot of places. <laughs> I just think it's cute because, like, he's a WWE baby. So, of course, it's like growing up in a cult. Your thoughts are warped. They're not, they're not acting applicable to the greater view yeah i think <laughs> I, yeah like from reading from reading this interview it was very clear to me and it's been clear reading other reigns interviews in the last couple of years that he is a lifer um mm-hmm. he's the puppet i don't want to say that but he's he's a lifer and he's he's the number one star and there's no reason for him to go anywhere else like because he's he's gonna be the top guy for probably at least another five years there if he wants to be and so what what good would it go do for him to there's there's no advantage to him going anywhere like there was a Dean Ambrose or uh or a Chris Jericho you know who who were both kind of like they were they were they had reached the limit of what WWE was going to let them do and now do, do you think he's pure in in heart like John Cena about his like undying devotion to WWE like John Cena I, I feel do. like truly like it Jenny, wasn't I do brainwashing because- it was just like John Cena, Roman Reigns and John Cena have both never wrestled anywhere else. They they grew up in this system, in the cult, if you will. I'm going to stick with that analogy. And they have nothing to compare it to. So to them, it's like, and they're both top guys. So to them, this is probably like, wow, life is so great. How could it get any better? They've never seen anything else. They have nothing to compare it to. They just know that they're really happy where they are, and that's great for them. But I think there's a level of naivete that comes with that where you can't make some of the sweeping claims he does without – like, there's nothing to back it up. You know, like, sure, maybe to you, Roman Reigns, that is true. But, like, you have never been outside the system. You've never seen other things, how other places operate. You have nothing to compare it to. So it's cool that that's your opinion and experience, but that doesn't negate the experience of other people who are saying different things, you know, like, like that's just your perspective. And I do think with him, it's genuinely like good intention, just naivete that, that comes with that, you know, like, like Dean Ambrose, when he came into WWE, had indie experience, you know, like he he had seen other places. It was it makes sense that he got annoyed and eventually had to leave, you know, like I see the different perspectives. I just feel like whenever I've seen a Roman Reigns quote about like WWE versus AEW, I'm like, that's cute. And I like want to pat him on the head and send him along his way and be like, whatever makes you happy, buddy. But I don't think you're right on this one. Like. Well, I guess he's right for his experience. Yeah, like... Which differs from a lot of other people's experiences. Uh, yeah, I'm glad he's happy. I'm glad he's doing his thing. I just... um, I think it's funny when he was like, man, I really thought I could keep Dean around. Because it's like... Well, he, Dean didn't... <laughs> well, he said, he said like, 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 I've like, got this. I'll handle this, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. it's <laughs> like, oh, buddy. <laughs> like, that was cute. That's a cute thought. But like, no. 
So, yeah, uh, you're going to cover the punk stuff because that's what I saw. Yeah. Okay. Um, so part, as part of the, this, this topic also, he did, he did acknowledge that, um, it's good that AEW exists, which I think is like the, the bare minimum thing you can say, yeah. because it's good for more wrestlers to have more opportunities. Yeah. Um, and to get paid better and like maybe have some human rights benefits. For yes. Culture. But here's, here's another thing he said that was interesting about the, the fan base of AEW. Um, he says, you'll hear it all the time, the reviews and the comparisons. I think because they are the new kids on the block, they're the cool kids in town, I guess, because of how premature and how novel it kind of still is. I think they're still being babied by these hardcore wrestling mm. fans, which is fine. That's great. I don't think anybody's going to ever, especially from a performance standpoint, say, oh, no, there's more opportunities out there. That sucks. So it's not a bad thing. It's just a weird argument because there's so much bias and there's so much I'm on this side and I'm not going to open my eye to the other side. And it goes both ways. So I think he's wrong about that. I think there are fans who will never say that anything AEW does is bad. I think there are fans that will never say anything WWE does is bad. And I think they're both, both sets of those fans are fucking lunatics and you can't have a rational conversation with them about this kind of stuff. So don't even worry about them. I think that most people who watch these shows just want to be entertained. <laughs> like, but yeah, I think, I think he has a bit of a point. Uh, Jenny is a Roman Reigns apologist, except for his blue eyes, which he claims are not real. <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying he's, he's all the way right here, but I think that they are still new. And there was, I mean, at least I can speak from my own personal experience. I had a honeymoon phase with AEW where I came in having all of these expectations of like, this is going to be a good company and it's going to be about more than just wrestling. It's going to be more real. And like, you know, we're going to get more character type interactions. Cause I was thinking about the glory days of like being the elite and things like that. <laughs> and, uh, and I feel like I have seen things that have taken away my rose colored glasses watching AEW. And I think that there's going to be the fans that still are kind of in the honeymoon phase because it's still a new product that eventually they're going to start seeing things for themselves that they, they don't agree with or don't like. I mean, I haven't seen anything egregious yet. Like some of the stuff that, that WWE has done. (laughs) Um, And they've collected quite a squad of, um, me tours but i do think that there is a little bit there's some truth in that that it is still a new product and people still are excited about a new product and that some of that will wane as um as you go through time but so there's a little bit of truth in that i i just i look at the the arc of viewership for AEW and like pay-per-view buys and and attendance and and they started off fairly strong and the pandemic happened and there was a lot of leveling off and then since they've been back like they're they're now they're doing more uh attendance for dynamites than they were pre-pandemic uh they're doing much better pay-per-view buys than they were their ratings are back up to like the levels of the very first, you know, for it's like, so, uh, like to me, it looks like all the metrics are for popularity are stronger than they were at the beginning of the company. Yeah, I, I do. I think there were definitely 
probably people like me that like started out real strong and then had kind of a waning off period. But like now, look at all the new people they have. They've got CM Punk. They've got Brian Danielson. Like that, they've like got a bigger, right. better like talent pool. Okay, but like that's what a wrestling company should be. That's you should always yeah. be cycling in new improving. Top no, I agree. Like, I agree. The with fact that. that the fact that that seems novel to you speaks to how broken WWE well, is. Well, yes, I, I agree <laughs> with that. But there's also there's still that newness there, and I'm but, not saying that Roman Reigns is right. I'm just saying that there's a a portion of truth to what he's saying about a subset of some of the people. Okay. The fans. Then that just speaks to how broken WWE has been for the entire time that he's been there because he doesn't realize that that's how it's supposed to fucking work. Yeah. Too. I mean, that's certainly not how I experienced WWE. I never got new people that I got like real excited. About. I mean, but yeah. Jenny, didn't you hear on SmackDown on Friday, we got a confrontation between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> We've never seen that before. <laughs> that's totally new. And Sasha and Becky, have never I, barely touched in this company. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't look right at you when I said Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar confrontation, but I could hear your eyes rolling. <laughs> I yes, and don't get me wrong, I love Becky and Sasha, and I think they're both super talented and love what they do. But like, I loved when they did that years ago when I was still watching NXT. Like, where are the new? Like the women's evolution, revolution, whatever they decided to call it, was great. But like, seems like they were like, okay, and we're good, and so like. Where are the new women top stars? <laughs> this is the yeah. same issue I have with W or AEW. But also, from a crowd perspective, I I feel like you have to take into account, and maybe Roman Reigns doesn't realize this, but like the company is born of the fans. Like it wouldn't have been a thing without the fans. Like literally, like, and I'm not saying that hyperbo- hyperbolically. Like literally, it came into existence because enough people were like, "Yes, we want this, and we will watch it." You know, like it started out as a bet and and then the company formed because there was interest. I think it actually came into existence because of the giant Fox deal that WWE got and Tony Khan saw how many billions of dollars were to be made. And then he had a billionaire father. Well, yeah, but who was he going to connect with if not the uh, the already pre-made fan base, you know, like and the, the group that got that fan base going? Like, he, he would have had to start a company from scratch, and I don't, I have no evidence, but I would guess that without the help of the Jackson brothers and Cody and the people they brought with them from, you know, all their past performances, like, him starting from scratch may or may not have gone worse without that base to be like, hey, we're starting AEW, and here's who we're bringing in, and here's the connections they have. So, like, I don't know, just... From an audience perspective, I do think in AEW, it kind of does play a part. And also, I don't know what AEW's goals are, but if a or if WWE wants to appeal to the masses, I don't think that that's necessarily the same goal AEW has. And that's okay, but that's the difference, right? Like, like that's, that is why it's different. It's because who they're trying to appeal to, they might be 100% hitting the mark on who they're trying to appeal to. It's just not the same people WWE are trying to appeal to. And that's... So the comparison is not going to work out. And when you say that, like, I totally agree with everything you're saying, Megan, uh, but like, just to like kind of further that, when you say that you're ba- the, the, these fans are being babied, or, or like, or, or the fans are babying you. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, I, I think it means that like, it's like, oh, you're not doing adversarial things 
So yeah. your fan base isn't pissed off at you. Yeah, but think of what Roman Reigns is used to. I mean, he's well, yeah. shoving down people's throats well, for yeah, 10 yeah, yeah, years. Yeah. Like, that's what he thinks your relationship with you're, fans is. Wait, you're, you're having shows where John people Cena are... Who had a lot of, like, that's backlash, true. you know? That's true. People it's like... aren't screaming and booing and, and cheering for CM Punk when he's not on screen? What, yeah. what are you even yeah. doing, you idiots? They're yeah, that's, that's you. all I could think of when he when I read that. It was just like, wait a minute. Like, yeah, that you're right. Like, and that's the difference between the like. I mean, there are a lot of differences between the companies, but I think the biggest, most important difference is if you watch AEW and you pay attention to it, there are going to be certain things that you want to happen, and they usually end up happening. Yeah, except for the women's division. But other than that, like, yeah. it feels like yeah. yes, they're not. I'm not going to say pandering to the fans. I think they're trying to. I think they're trying to understand what the fans want and give them that. Yeah. And that is what a company should do. And if any company, any company, right? Any company that has a business plan of like, what's your market audience? Everyone, the entire world. You cannot appeal to everyone. That's not a business plan. Like (laughs) you have to have a focus of what you're trying to achieve. And, and the big thing about having a product to sell to people is to understand what they want, what they need and to deliver it to them. And I mean, just because AEW's mostly been able to do that especially lately i'd say within the last couple months then like good for them and hopefully they can continue to do that Mm. i do also think that like there is value in the fact that i know tony khan has a plan because he's we've as we've discussed before he is the you know the the main booker the end all be all people can suggest to him him things but he does that i think he has a plan but i also get the impression that the company overall is willing to recognize when things they want to do are not working out and they pivot instead of digging their heels in and being like, no, you just have to get used to this and you will love it, trust us, and then pissing people off. So, like, just the fact that they they incorporate their fans' reaction, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's actually a pretty smart thing because people don't want to get mad at your pro like most people don't want to hate watch there is a subset and i (laughs) i know that that's a thing but if that's quote unquote babying then roman reigns you poor poor child (laughs) we need to get the cult the deprogrammers out there we need to save him we need to pull him away and just like say buddy this isn't this isn't good this isn't good please don't have children and bring them into this cult and expand its reach. That's sorry. I've been watching a lot of cult things on Discovery Plus. Sure. Um, he also uh, had a few words to say about CM Punk, as oh uh, he God. was he, basically he was asked like, "What do you think about a like a like a what, what many fans would consider a dream match between you and CM Punk at this point?" Which is a weird question to ask because WWE and AEW are never going to work together, right? Um, but because WWE is so isolationist, uh, but and also, like, I don't know, you would just be a nightmare trying to, like, negotiate finishes on a, like, a, on a, any kind of thing like that. But uh, Reigns basically said, you know, he's paid lip service. He said, oh, yeah, you know, fans, if fans are really, really into that, then, then we should probably give it to them. But but then he said, uh, on a personal level, it doesn't do anything for me. That's not going to elevate me at all. He's older now. I haven't really seen a full match. I've seen a clip or two. And to me, a step or two has been lost. Then also, he got his ass whooped in the UFC. Uh, he said, 
I don't think anybody really believes someone 200 pounds soaking wet with no explosive bone in their body could ever really do anything to me. I'm 6'3", 265 pounds. I'll get to you, Megan. Sorry, I see your hand. A legitimate <laughs> athlete who can throw some weight around and has been on the gridiron at the highest level, Division One, all ACC. I probably would have maintained in the NFL if my health issues didn't happen when I was 22 years old. So when it comes down to it, I'll throw him and pretty much the rest of that roster out of the club, no problem. They're just little brothers, you know? Megan? Hi, I'd like to invite you to my TED Talk. Um, point one, Roman Reigns, CM Punk being older, I get it, but you work in a company where legitimately... At any given time on the roster, someone over 60 is going to be fighting you. And they're going to be a main event in WrestleMania, okay? So, like, calm down on that, bro. Point wait, two, wait, wait, wait. Who, who are you talking about? Undertaker. He's not over 60, but he's old. Come on. They, they, <laughs> love, they love their legacies, is what I'm saying. Like, okay, yeah. the fact that Roman Reigns is like, oh, too old. That guy's in his 40s. <laughs> bro, look at your legacy people. They are on your roster, Okay. One point two. Um, CM Punk's story of how he came back and how he legitimately is being like, look, it's not supposed to be easy. I feel like the storytelling in AEW is great. They've been showing that he's not just going in there and like blowing people out of the water. He's had no squash matches. He's had to work for it. So storytelling is key. And I think they're framing it perfectly. If you understood how to do storytelling in WWE, this is a thing you could work around. Point three. Wrestling is fake. I'm not saying it's not hard, but the fact that nobody believes CM Punk could kill you in real life doesn't mean that you can't have a match. Roman Reigns, you've most definitely fought somebody smaller than you and lost. It is what the business is about. These are pre-made, predetermined matches. Are you fucking kidding me? You're not in an octagon. Sorry, I'm very... Um, no, it's fine. I just feel like he has said some very dumb things in that quote. And, like, <laughs> this just proves that he is he is in deep into the WWE cult. Somebody call for help. Dave Meltzer was talking about this on <laughs> Wrestling Observer Radio this weekend. And he was saying that, like, th this, this really drove him crazy. This part about, like, basically, like, saying that he could, like, beat up CM Punk. Because it's just like, it's like, this is not, you know, like, this is it's one thing to say this in the 1970s when everybody was still trying to pretend that wrestling is real, but we've been way out of that period for so long. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And also, and this is my, this is my analysis. If they had a real fight, if tomorrow, if they just like had to both show up and have a real fight, CM Punk would fucking kill Roman Reigns because CM Punk has been training to, to, for, with real fighters for years now. And Roman Reigns has not. I'm nope. not saying that if they both started at like 18 years old training for UFC, that like CM Punk would be a better fighter than Roman Reigns. Probably not. He's not as good an athlete as Roman Reigns, but he has a lot more like relevant real fighting experience. And, and jujitsu is all about yes. the little guy taking down the big guy, right? Like it's all, it's all about like being able to control larger opponents. That's why yes. it was invented. That's yes. why the man who like popularized it in Brazil is 150 pounds. Yes. Um, it's, it was just so ludicrous to me to see that because he's like, nobody thinks that uh, like CM Punk could beat me in a fight. And I was just thinking like, that might be true, but he would <laughs> because he's, he actually has fighting experience. It's like, kind of like, he's not a good fighter against 
other professional fighters, but against you, I think he would fucking smoke you. <laughs> Remember when John Jones was like, Daniel Cormier, he did, he only came in fourth in the Olympics, and it's like, bitch, you've never been to the Olympics. Are you kidding me? Like, I do remember that, yes. Yeah, so. Well, and remember, it was like Ronda Rousey before she got, like, the glamour muscles. Mm-hmm. Like, she was better, like, even though she didn't have those glamour muscles because she was, like, wily and, like, using her, like, skill set. And then she's like, no, I'm going to, like, try and beat someone with the fist because that's how they, you know, want to fight me and I'm going to get my ripped up abs and stuff. And then she lost. And it's like... No, she may not have looked like she, I mean, she, she always looked good, but like, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't have those like ripped abs and stuff yet, but like she was better. Yeah. yeah. Roman Reigns is operating off a very dated, I, very basic idea of like big guy beats small guy. And that's just, sir, like, I, I cannot with this. So that's funny. I don't know. I, I, I. I think it all comes from a place of naivete, and I I just want him to be happy, and I'm glad he is. But I think that's hilarious that he says these things. Yeah. Um. Uh, someone else thought it was hilarious that uh, he said these things. And, was it uh, CM name, Punk? No. Uh, was it Justin Shapiro? No, his name is Junior Dos Santos. <gasps> um. Oh, this no, is, is he uh, going to kill Roman Reigns? <laughs> this is a uh, Junior Junior. Uh, Hopped on, hopped on Twitter, and uh, said, "Hey, Roman Reigns, I heard your interview. Please send the address of this club you will throw me and my little brothers out of." Does he weigh less than Roman Reigns? Yes, yes, but he's also a former UFC heavyweight champion. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> no I know, no. I know he is. I know he's a UFC fighter. Yeah. I, um, I was just curious if he would be considered a little brother, quote unquote, little. Brother. I mean, he's smaller than Roman. Uh, but he would like he would kill Roman in like thirty oh, seconds. I'm sure he yeah. Would. yeah. So I just love I, I love that. I just love that Junior DeSantos is like one day in pro wrestling and he's like I'm sticking up for my guys. <laughs> I it warms the heart. <laughs> it warms the heart. But yeah, that's um man, what like a fundamental lack of knowledge on his part um, to be spouting off things like that. I I don't. It's just WWE has gotten their claws in him and just like deeply ingrained their their system and beliefs and and if Roman Reigns you know he can stay there the rest of his life and succeed and have a good happy life and a payday and good for him it's just like bud there is other option like there's there's a whole world out there friend and it's cool if you want to stay in your bubble but like maybe don't do interviews yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, if he's happy at WWE, which he clearly is, then, like, there's no need for him to go somewhere else. And obviously he wouldn't want that. But, like, yeah, maybe shut up. <laughs> shut the fuck up about it. Somewhere Dean, I mean, John Moxley, as he is in his true form, is like, I got to help my buddy out, but I don't know if I can get to him. It's like, like, he saw, he saw, he escaped the cult and he was like, come with me. And Roman was like, no, I love it here. And that was it. That's where the, the it ends. The one that's interesting to me is Seth because he, you know, he he cut his teeth on the independence, but he also seems like pretty pretty bought into the WWE system at this point in time. But like, if you're treated well, 
then you wouldn't have a reason to, you know, I mean, if you're, if you don't look around you and, you know, yeah. And he's, plus, I mean, curious about other people's experiences, then you, you wouldn't. I mean, he's treated well, but he's not treated well like Roman. Sure. But he's still treated pretty well. He is. And, and is, and he's like, you know, he's, well, not married, but he's fianced he's got, to, uh, yeah, he's got Becky his, Lynch. his, his lover there and his, you know, baby mama and yeah, and he's got he he's kind of like that guy who um, you know, like at a tech startup in Silicon Valley where they're like, if you never leave, we'll give we have laundry service, we have snacks, we have <laughs> you've met your wife here. Like basically, they've created an environment for him where he doesn't have to leave work, and he's just like, yeah, I like this. Well, all the Disney documentaries we watch, <laughs> yeah, where they just no, where, like they created all of that. To live on their campus. Yeah, yeah. You just, you live the, you, you have taken what your job is and you've, you've ingrained it as part of who you are. And like, I don't, I wonder if Seth Rollins, despite having indie experience at this point in his life, could make the transition out. I mean, people would want to see him, obviously, but do you think that he could go and just be like in a different environment and be happy? Yes. I don't. I, I honestly wonder. Okay. I think he could. I, I think I think it would be I think he would be scared to try it because I bet he's really comfortable right now. But I think if he got to a point where he was unhappy, I think he would thrive in AEW. I just wish AEW would throw all of the money at Becky Lynch or Sasha Banks so we could get some, you know. But see, I think they're probably happy too because what oh, I know. yeah, well, you know, they're they're top of their game here like same with Charlotte, almost. It's like, if you brought... I I don't... Charlotte is not on the top of my list as, like, people I want to see in AEW. But, like, if you brought her over, what's she going to do? Do, like, one segment sometimes? Like, we don't even get a women's match every show. It, well, it's not going to be the like, same. Yeah, it's not it. appealing we get to a, come... We get a women's match every show. Do we? We get one segment every show. Okay. But not... The, I mean, pretty much it's always Brit. So, I guess if they did bring Charlotte over, it would be a Charlotte segment every week. <laughs> um, but like, that's, that's the frustrating part is like, you're not going to entice talent at that caliber to come over if that's all you're offering. Yeah. It's going to be harder for them to recruit, like to recruit like top WWE women stars. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's easy. It's a lot easier to make it look appealing to a Ty Conti who's been released or a Ruby Soho who's been released who right. weren't, who weren't on top and we're never going to get on top because any, anything better than what they would is an, is an improvement. But yeah, like where, where is there for Becky Lynch to go in, in AEW the way it's set up right now? Yeah. 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 Uh, so some other news, uh, Tony Khan, you know, uh, he's, he's been out there. He's, 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 he's been promoting this, uh, the Saturday night dynamite these next two weeks, pretty hard. Trying got to, those heart glasses on. Yeah. Um, but he was at, uh, you know, he was at a Jacksonville Jaguars game last week as they fell to the Tennessee Titans. And what they lost, they lost, I, you know what? They won their first game today wow. uh, in London. Uh, oh. They beat the, uh, they beat the Miami dolphins and uh, yeah, their it was their first one of the season. Mm. I wonder if he went, I'm sure he did because he does all this stuff for Fullerton. He's over in London all the time. Well, yeah, but he was in Miami last night. I bet he still went. I think he like got on his jet. And that's a, that's over. a big, 
Well, I was going to say that's a big travel hub, but you're right. He has a private jet. What am I thinking? He's it's, rich. It's a, well, from Miami, it would have been longer. I was going to say from New York, it's it's less than six hours on the plane to London. Right. Um, but from, yeah, from Miami, it's a lot longer. I do wonder if he went, though. though. I bet he did. He's Maybe. committed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and he's a he's a madman workaholic, too, so he probably did. Um, but anyway, so he was, he was photographed uh, and... He was holding like a notebook with like, and somebody, and it was, it's not a super high res photo, but somebody like kind of zoomed in and you can see that it's basically like the scribbled down card for full gear. Um, okay. I, did, you see, I, did you see this, Megan? I did. And maybe my eyesight is terrible, but when I like, I iPhone zoomed. So I did the like pinch yeah. the screen. I was like, this is. Gribble garbage. Like, I don't know what this says. I don't know how people are getting these words. Uh, Megan, this was me the whole time. I'm like, Annie, I can't read any of this. I can't read any of this. And then I spouted out like five different matches off of it as I was continuing between each one to be like, I can't read any of this. So. <laughs> and maybe I just didn't, I didn't spend that much time on it. I just, I saw the picture and was like, oh, okay, let me just see here. And I'm like, these are a bunch of scribbles. And then I put it down. <laughs> but okay, maybe you're right. So, um, some of this has been confirmed by Tony Khan. Like, uh, he did confirm this week that the main events, which is the number one match listed on the thing, uh, is Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. And Hangman was circled. That's and what Hangman I hear. was circled. Um, which, you know, and it's, 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 so a lot of these, I'm going to go over this because I feel like this is news, even though these are spoilers. So if you don't want to hear this stuff, skip ahead a couple minutes, but, um, it's funny because when I read these off for the most part, it's just going to be like, Oh yeah, that's where, that's the direction they were heading. Like, yeah. it's oh, not you like mean he's not going to make a 180 turn on, on these matches. Right. Well, I don't know. Well, that's that there's, there's a bit of that. Uh, well, it's whether this. or not this was intentional. Oh, okay. I think is, you know, if it was not intentional, then I see him swapping up this card. If this was intentional. Then, you know, the conspiracy theorists out there being like Tony Khan's promoting. So a bunch of people like, you know, like on Twitter, like, you know, zoomed in and did their did their little detective work and, and tried to and they cobbled together what to the best of their enhance. abilities. Huh? Enhance. 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 Uh, is the card. So here it is. Uh Hangman Adam Page versus AEW World Champion Kenny Omega, which we now know is a is a confirmed match that's happening. John Moxley versus Brian Danielson, which and we'll talk a lot about this at the end of the show, but that would have to be the finals of the uh, full gear title eliminator tournament. Oh yeah. So that makes sense because they are on either side of the bracket. Uh, the inner circle versus American top team, which was a match that was set up last night. Uh, five, well, it was set up a couple nights before, right? Well, but last night uh, Jericho said, we want to, we want a five on five with you. It was finalized, but did they, and they didn't, just maybe you'll get to it, but like Adam Page is the only one on this list that's been circled, right? Like even if we know the matches are going to happen, we don't know. Tony Khan is not circled. He will win. Okay, okay, continue. Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping not ahead. Any other circles. You didn't see any other circles? I thought I saw some other like what could have potentially been circles. Maybe I don't know, but anyway, um, it's been a while since I looked at it. MJF versus Darby Allen, which I think is something we knew that was probably happening. Yeah. Uh, CM Punk versus Wardlow, which is interesting. I 
I mean, obviously they could do it, but. We have not know. received any backstory for why this would be a thing to happen. No, but though, like, because I had that in the back of my head last night when we were watching Dynamite with the Sting segment, I, I kept thinking, like, maybe Wardlow was going to come back and hit Sting and then CM Punk would be make the save for him and that would, like, start that. But it didn't happen, so I don't know. They're going to have to, they'll just have to do their own angle for that. Mm. Uh, Thunder Rosa versus Jade Cargill, um, which is something they have been building. And that's uh, not, that's not part of the TBS tournament right that's just them because they have been hating on each other like i don't know if it is or not um okay there there at some point it was announced that the brackets for that tbs tournament will be announced on rampage this next week okay so it might be a tournament match um so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see on that one adam cole versus christian cage and I feel like this goes together with the Young Bucks versus Jurassic Express. So it seems it makes sense. That's like you, it's a feud that's happening and you just split it up into two matches. Now, yeah. I thought I just saw Cole versus Cage. Mm-hmm. Did it say Christian? Because there are two cages on the roster. Yeah, but right. Brian Cage. There's only one it? he's shooting with. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> Brian Cage is mad at Team Taz and he's going to, you know, be mad at them over there. And then this one was the funniest to me. Cody Rhodes. And this is just based on like what. This might not be actually what Tony Khan had written, but this is to the best of people's abilities. Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black or Andrade El Idolo or Miro. Okay, well, we found out last night that Cody Rhodes is going to face Malachi Black in their third encounter on Dynamite or Rampage. One of the shows that is not a pay-per-view, so maybe he just wasn't sure what the direction of that was going to be. Yeah. I don't know. But he's the one who writes it all. Well, yeah, but there's no, like, tournament or anything to, to imply that he's still not sure that of the outcome. It's, and, I I mean, where do Andrade and Miro come in, you know? I have no idea. Um, I do know that Britt Baker's name was on the list, but there was not an question, opponent. Question mark. There was a question mark next to her. So oh, okay. it seems like at that point he must not have yet decided who the or he wanted you to be questioning who Brooke Breaker was gonna I yes. think she should um fight Sandra the seamstress <laughs> Serena oh Serena Deeb okay. I'm sorry Sandra I, the I seamstress not... Serena Deeb is one of my favorite characters <laughs> and I think the most talented wrestler on the roster but I have some sort of brain like it's total mom. divas yeah, you, you picture Sandra and you're like, fight that seamstress. <laughs> so, overall, though, like, oh, and I, um, Lucha Bros versus FTR, which makes total sense. Yeah, now presumably for the AEW World Tag Team Titles after what happened last night. So, even without last night's show, a lot of that still just just makes sense in terms of like them following the storylines they've set out. So I don't know. Yes, this all how, this, this all tracks. Yeah, how much of a spoiler it really is to other than like, you know, the tournament brackets for the Eliminator thing with with Moxley and Danielson. Like, sure, okay, but also that isn't exactly like hard to logic out if you look at those brackets, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. So did you guys uh, happen to see what Tony Khan said? Uh, what what was that? What are you doing? My Sunday scaries are gone. Oh, good. That's great. Jenny's, Jenny well, heard that Eliminator tournament thing, and she was like, yeah. A little champagne, little goss. 
Hot gas. Hot gas. So did you either of you guys see what Tony Khan said about this no. story? Is he no. upset or is he just like, sure? Okay. So he was doing his weekly appearance on Busted Open Radio on, I think, on uh, Wednesday. Of course. And, and he confirmed that the picture was legitimate because there was some question about, like, oh, did somebody Photoshop this? Oh. Um, did you Photoshop that? But, he, but uh, he said, this weekend when I was at the Jags game at halftime, I was doodling on my notebook. And I saw that a lot of people had taken notice, some of the notes in my notebook, which is pretty amazing. Because when you're walking around with small notes, you never think that photographers are going to capture writing you've written down. I'm glad it wasn't anything more personal. But it's funny. Oh, people. Were, oh, he, do you think he writes in his diary at the Jaguars halftime? Probably not. People run with assumptions on the internet these days. And I've seen all these people jumping to conclusions like, oh, that must be the full, full, the full, full gear card. Um, and it's, he says, and it's true. I announced that Kenny versus hangman is the main event. We've all been waiting for it full gear. Um, but I don't know. I was just kind of messing around with different ideas, playing around with stuff. It's like scratching around and it's all written in pencil. and It's been erased. There may be, uh, things there that you do see, but the people were able to zoom in on that. I was surprised by it, but I also wasn't thrown by it or confused by it. It's gotten a lot of buzz, uh, but there's some differences there. So I was just very amused by this viral story. So so he's leaving the door open to make changes and implying that that's not necessarily because the internet found it. It's because he's just doodling. Mm-hmm. I supp- Yeah. I, I, th- that's... The doodle factor. The yes. doodle factor. Which is yeah. like totally fine. I, I honestly, I feel like AEW operates in this way where, like with the CM Punk thing, it's like, we're going to surprise you, but also you're probably going to know what that is. The surprise is in advance because we're trying to sell tickets. So the fact that that card follows the storylines that they've been setting up doesn't surprise or upset me knowing in advance. Because it's like, well, yeah, that's just that's just what you'd think. That's just the logical conclusion of months of setup. Well, I think that means that they're doing a good job of storytelling, right? Now, yes, not yes, saying Roman that Reigns. you want that's how this works. Yeah, I'm, and I'm not saying that that's 100% what you want. That you want to know exactly. I mean, I feel like we're as a podcast who watches this every week. We're normally able to figure out like what matches are going to happen, and then often, you know, I'm surprised that I am able to often win our champagne bet. Again, you find a way to slide that in. I don't have a lot of experience on, you know, like, so I do feel like that it's, you know, I don't know, that that's telling of their, how good they're doing a job of storytelling. Now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't also have surprises there too, because that should be thrown in. Otherwise it gets boring, but. isn't, Isn't the joy of the surprise in like, debuts and things like that you're just kind of contained events that you're excited for whereas like I think that even knowing the matches in advance like that doesn't mean that those two people or or multiple people you know for tag matches and such it doesn't mean that the match is going to be bad if you go in no if you know in advance these these people are going to face each other it's like their performers the joy is in watching the match itself and how that plays out and the storytelling within that match so i don't really understand why this was a big deal per se i also hope that it doesn't result in weird changes that don't make sense just to just to be able to say like haha you didn't get me you know like i don't i 
he doesn't seem like that kind of booker to me. No, he doesn't. I mean, if it were Vince McMahon, like basically all these people would be wiped off of the card and then we'd start clean. No, there it'd be nonsensical. Like, let's just pull in some randos that nobody could guess because we need to surprise people. But um, I'm really not upset knowing this card in advance. And I'm also really not surprised by 90% of it. So, I think I, it looks like a pretty damn good card. Yeah, it's kind of like, cool, I want to watch that show, please. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so Tony was, he was, you know, he was, like I said earlier, he was all over the media this week. And uh, he was being interviewed by the New York Post. And he was talking about the uh, SmackDown going the extra half hour commercial free. And he said, uh, we can take the commercials out of it. If you want to take the commercials out of it, I can do that too. <laughs> it doesn't seem very civil, but I have more money than they do, so I can afford to do that longer than they can. Oh but, damn! But that's how damn. we. But that's but ads are how we make money at the end of the day. So I was surprised when they took those out. <laughs> Unless you do um, sponsored by at the beginning, like we we watch Formula One and it always felt says like sponsored by Mother's Wax. Yeah. And that so I sense. know what Mother's Wax is. True. Because I watch F1. I just fucking love Tony Khan's response. He (laughs) is stirring things up, and I'm here for it, sir. (laughs) We can do that. We can flex. He mean personally because he didn't spend a million dollars on a failed, like, arena football league. A million dollars? Oh, Jenny. It was way more. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I said a hundred million. (laughs) Wasn't it a hundred million that he spent? It was very so. close. Like he sold a lot of his stock to get that. Yeah. Or does he mean as a company? Because I would think that no, maybe. I think he means personally. Okay, I was so. gonna say personally. I, I believe that. Love yes. that flex for him. Like I'm so glad he made it personal. He's like, sure. Like I mean, this is how we make money. But like, I have more money than you. So, okay. Have you seen the cars my dad has donated to our product? <laughs> uh. So uh, he also, in that same uh, New York Post interview, he was asked about Bray Wyatt. And uh, he said that... Why was he asked about Bray Wyatt? Because Bray Wyatt's a free agent. Oh, God. Uh, He said, I really like Wyndham, because his name is Wyndham Rotunda. Uh, I know him a little bit, and I really enjoy him. The last time I saw him was at Chris Jericho's birthday party, and that was a long time ago. I like him as a person very much, and he's a really talented person. At the right time and place, sure, I'd be interested to talk to him. I'm interested to talk to him in general because he's a great person. Um, so I don't know. It's like, I'm sure that there have been some kind of conversations, but he's, he can't say that publicly because it would have been within the, the no compete period. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'd rather have Sebastian than Bray Wyatt from season one of total divas. Yes. <laughs> he's not even a wrestler. He's also possibly Peter the pilot from the bachelor. Yes. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't want Bray Wyatt on AEW. Mm. I, I stand by what we, our conversation with uh, JJ, our guest host, Jeff, third chair. Um, I would be okay with Bray coming in as some sort of manager or or leader or non something in a non-wrestling capacity. Because honestly, character work is his strength and I don't think wrestling is. And that's fine. You can totally succeed that way. But um, if you're going to bring him in... I would hope the plan would be for him to maybe somehow slide into like the spooky family of the black, the black family, if you will, Malachi black, like that, whatever he's got going on, that'd be fine. 
a little more uh, Tony Khan stuff here. Uh, he was on Wrestling with Brandon F. Walker, which is a show on the Barstool Sports Network. And uh, he was asked about uh, AEW streaming service. And uh, Tony said, I'm talking to great people about Warner Media and AEW partnering. I think there's a great opportunity as I work with one of the great media companies in the world and they have a lot of great ideas. So hopefully we can make a solution for the fans because believe me, I get asked that question every day. It's a great opportunity for us. I've been trying to build the library up. We've done 104 episodes of Dynamite now. We've done 10 plus pay-per-views, the streaming specials. I have something no one's ever seen before. The House Always Wins, which was a pay-per-view level card with top stars of AEW in action. Remember that house show? Oh, in that house show. Jacksonville? Yeah. Yeah. It was done in Jacksonville in front of the fans and the fans of the pandemic with open air, totally spaced out crowd. But it's something I've been saving. It's a great show. Nobody's seen. And it's going to be available. We've done that. The Dynamites. Now we have the Rampage Library building up. Um, Guys, I know Peacock would not take on a second wrestling, <laughs> but like if they went on Peacock, then we could just cancel all of our subscriptions except for Peacock. So I'm gonna have to move back to the U.S. I I, I worry that you guys are looking Too at optimistic. this as more of an all-in-one service that I think it's going to end up being. Oh, no. I feel like this is going to be an archival thing. I feel oh, like, no. I feel like, I, I don't think that, you know, there's too much money in pay-per-view and in those TV contracts for any of that stuff to go first run on, on like HBO Max or something. But like, what about a next day, like a Hulu where it's like, it airs live. And yeah. then you don't have access as a Hulu subscriber until the next day. I would even take that. that Maybe. Would, I mean, that would I, be fine. I, that's, and you know, and if, if they are looking to make this deal with Warner media, who is their television broadcast partner, then maybe that's something you could negotiate because then there's value for Warner also in allowing that stuff to be streamed sooner than you would, you know, otherwise think. Yeah. I always thought it was totally ludicrous that the WWE network could not air SmackDown and Raw. Well, like, they aired the live show, and then you had to wait 30 days to see it. It's like, so you just don't want me to watch those shows on this, is what you're saying to me. Yeah. Because that's bananas. You're too far behind. But if it's a Hulu situation, I would fully switch over. I mean, and by switch over, I mean move to the U.S., because currently <laughs> I use Fight TV. And it's a perfect way to give them my $5 a month and only watch AEW content. And that's it. That's that's it. That's all I need. This is an aside, but like, I just want to ask you: Do you think in 2014, if if WWE Network had worked out a deal where they could have Raw and SmackDown the next day, do you think you would have watched main roster longer than you did? Yeah, because it would just be easy. It'd be right there for me. Like I remember trying to all of the creative ways. Some legal, most not, that I tried to keep up with that show, not having cable. And they were all legal, Megan. They were all legal. You told me about all of them. They're all legal. All the legal ways. But, like, just when the network was announced, I was like, oh, sweet. You can watch all the shows. Because NXT was always right on there, you know, obviously. Yeah. Um, And it's, like, the disappointing news that you have to wait 30 days for this show to appear, it, you can't keep up with it. That's just that's just silly. 
Why would you do I don't that? believe this because you didn't keep up with NXT. But I could have. That's the thing is like NXT. Well, but you didn't. But I, what... I, I didn't. I fell off NXT. But at the same well, time, like the main roster, it it you fall off it because like the amount of effort required to watch their damn show was so much compared to NXT. Where it's like, okay, I, I didn't see NXT live, but I can go watch it the day after. Or even like, you know, like just within the week. The main roster stuff, if you miss it, you're screwed. Because like yeah. you have to wait 30 days. It sucks. She watched. She watched um, NXT for the first two years of the network was available. Right, okay. but but then she stopped. No, no. I'm, but I'm, I, I, all I was asking was, do, do do I think she would have continued to watch it longer than she did? I probably okay. would have. I probably would have. Because especially because that was the year that 2014 was the year that Megan lived in Ohio. I lived in Columbus, rather, and she was a lot of the week. She was coming over to watch Raw with us on your live television. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't remember that. But when she moved back and she didn't have cable anymore, and no. then the network was like, you gotta wait 30 days to watch this to watch like, this episode of Raw. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's that's what that's all I'm saying. I apologize. I thought we were. No. Uh, especially I didn't realize we were talking about 2014. Yes. Well, also I know that you started with that and I <laughs> lost track of it. Well, Andy would tell me interesting things that happen on the main roster, and I'd be like, Oh, that's cool. I'd want to check that out. And then it's like, well, you know, later. Not now. You can't. You can't access it now. God forbid you see what's happening on our television show that we're promoting every single week. So that was dumb. But I I currently donate five dollars to fight. I don't know how much of that directly impacts AEW. But if they had a way for me to just send them money directly and I could watch the shows, I would do that. That's all I'm saying. Tony Khan, how do I send you money? Please let me send you money. That's my only request. Yeah, and it's if, good to send billionaires money. Yeah, I I live in capitalist society, and I understand that we should be donating all our money to the billionaires and um and taxes, and then we as the lower people do not complain. That is what I know. It's like I'm in the WWE. <laughs> okay, uh, a few uh, non Tony Khan news items, real quick here. Uh, I thought this was one of the cooler stories of the week. Uh, Amanda Huber is officially all elite. Yeah, uh, she she's she is now an employee of the company. She'll be working on AEW's community outreach team, which is um, this something they've been doing a lot since they went back on the road. Like they kind of they're trying to do like one big like give back to the community event in every town they go to like some kind of charity work and WWE does a lot of this kind of thing too, but I think it's, it's nice. And I think it's something it, I, I just, I don't know. This is just a nice story. I think this is just like a, a, a totally nice story. No, that warms your heart. And also I, I, I was struggling to find a way to respond to your text about this to say both that I really like that they're, they're doing that and hiring her and helping her out, but I also want to fully acknowledge that they're not just hiring out of, like, you know, they're not doing charity work for her. Like, yeah. she she is a capable person who, who earned this job, but I just like that they're looking for ways to, to just like kind of WWE is, like, take care of people in their, their immediate wrestling family. Like, it it really makes me happy that they've, they've got a place for her, and they, they slotted her in, and you know, 
And I guess this probably makes it easier for negative one to just show up on television as yeah. needed. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, she responded. She said on Twitter, words can't express how happy I am right now. The ability to be a part of AEW and work with the communities is legitimately a dream job. And then she thanked, uh, you know, all the people you'd thank Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. I'm happy for her. I'm glad she, she has, Something she's presumably passionate about. That sounds like a pretty cool cause to to help the community. Very, very much so. Um, yeah, I uh, I think I, I just think this is uh, fantastic. Uh, let's see. Did you, Jenny? Did you have anything you wanted to say about the Amanda Huber news? I think that was lovely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> A lovely time, a lovely was, turn of events. My my freezer bag for my wine had uh, melted, so I needed to get a new one. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up, uh, we've got this is uh, this is a cool thing, and I I think this might be another thing that like pissed WWE off this week. Oh <laughs> um, yay! So excited. So there's something called the Sports Business Journal that's like a a, a trade industry magazine for for like those kinds of people like, you know, who work in sport and especially in sports, sports television entertainment. If you, will. Uh, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But anyway, um, Arthur Ashe stadium, like the venue itself, like the, the entity Arthur Ashe stadium, uh, took out an ad in the sports business journal. And, uh, it was just like, it was a full page ad and it, it was a picture from the dynamite grand slam. And, it's um sorry i'm loading it up right now uh it says sold out arthur ash stadium aew dynamite new york city september 22nd 2021 thank you to tony khan Raphael morphy who's the um like the kind of he's the guy who like books a lot of the buildings for aew and the entire team at all elite wrestling for bringing the largest attended pro wrestling event in over a decade to new york city wow so nice more than madison square garden does it hold more? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, more than that place over in Brooklyn? Because this is also not, this is in Queens, not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. More than, more than the, um, uh, was, Barclay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Barclay Center. Yeah. I think when WWE like legitimately sells our Barclay, that's set up for about 15,000. Oh, and this was 22, right? It was like, it was like 19 or 20. Okay. It, was, it was, it was almost 20,000. But anyway, um, that's like, I, I, I don't know how big a deal that is that they did that, but they must have been really happy with how that went for, to do that. And Tony Khan has said that that's he wants that to be an annual tradition. He wants that to be like he wants that he wants that to be like their Madison Square Garden almost. Like, Aww. um, like he says, like it would be cool to run Madison Square Garden because of the history, but like this is a building where we are the only wrestling history, and like we hmm. can kind of like make it our own kind of thing. Um, and you could get Paul Bettany. And Kirsten Dunst to reprise their roles. I mean, if you're doing day. it right, yeah. Um, so Tony Khan tweeted in response to that, Thank you, Arthur Ashe Stadium, for this great surprise. Thank you for kindly buying this ad in Sports Business Journal. Uh, it was AEW's pleasure working with Arthur Ashe Stadium to put on the most attended wrestling show in New York City in over a decade. See you Friday night on TNT for a live rampage. So, what was the last thing last decade? So, that was it's funny because um, when I was listening to Wrestling Over Radio, Dave Belter brought this up. And it, he actually said it's been more, it's been closer to 30 years since 
hmm. a show inside New York City drew that many people. But it's um, not inside New York City. What is it? Arthur Ashe Stadium. Somewhere yeah, Queens. Yeah, that's one of the boroughs of New York City. Didn't you watch Gossip Girl, Jenny? Come on. Well, no, I mean, in Gossip Girl and Sex and the Cities, they make it seem that Manhattan is the only. Manhattan is one borough. I know. Yeah. I understand now. Thank you, guys. The most I'm sorry. Though. I apologize yeah. to all of our New York like, City fans. Like the, the stadium, like the WrestleManias that WWE runs in New York City are all like actually happening in New Jersey. You know, it's like one of those things. Mm. So, you know, because there's, there's no no place for like a giant football stadium like in yeah. New York City proper. So. Yeah. Vince has to go through that Teterboro anyway. He wants to stay with New Jersey. What? <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> private airport is. Oh, okay. It's like in New York. That's where you've flown in there, and you. I have. Wow. I saw that really obnoxious guy from um, when I was waiting there um, for. Oh, Jim Kramer. Yes. He's on Mad Money's Jim Kramer. Oh my gosh. He was talking about like getting. That. It was like eight o'clock in the morning, guys. And he was, I'm sure this was a, I'm going to air quote it as a joke, about, like, like what, like, women were going to oh, be on no. Oh, no, Jim Cramer, you idiot. The mad money guy. What a weird celebrity pool on that one. That cracks me up. Well, good for New York, you know? Like, good for Arthur Ashe. And... Uh, <laughs> I also I also like the independent independent spirit of AEW saying like Madison Square Garden we get it the history but we're we're kind of forging our own path we've got a different place we want to make ours annually that that's good I think I like that too uh, just a couple more brief things here number one uh, Rhea Mizunami is back in the states she uh, worked I think she worked the uh, the tapings, like the darkened elevation tapings, the last couple nights, which is very exciting. Uh, and finally, Scorpio Sky was uh, being interviewed uh, by PW Insider, uh, just talking kind of about. Was he in those white pants? I. It was. It was a. I think it was like a phone interview. I. I, I. You know, he is good in. Any type of white or black gene that is skin tight, in my opinion. Right. It's COVID times. So he's wearing pajamas. Go ahead. <laughs> so, and he basically, the gist of it, he was just kind of talking about, you know, like everything going on right now. Uh, but he said that in September, during like all out weekend, he signed a new contract. Uh, and he is uh, going to be with the company for at least five more years. Well, I hope that they do more with him. They're doing stuff with him right now. He is my top two hottie hotties mm-hmm. out of ten. Yep. <laughs> I I love Scorpio, and I'm glad that he's he's signed on for more. And I do hope I like the men of the year, but I do hope Scorpio can branch out in in the five years that he has left to Me maybe too. get some individual wrestling time i'd like scorpio as a solo and i think he can do it i think they just have to have more faith in him he doesn't need a spokesperson he is very good on that mic on his own he is the hottest man in AEW, and he can do this 
Hot as hottie. Yes. Scorpio, hot hottie. good luck to you. I mean, we'll get to what happened to him this week, but I'm happy to hear he'll be around. And someone's always trying to talk over him when he gets on the mic. We'll see. Nice good for Scorpio, though. He is a good promo Great fashion sense. Love the men of the year entrance. Love the 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 Tron video where they basically are like in a magazine or whatever. It's I think it's brilliant. That's pretty good. Uh, okay, guys, it is time to talk about AEW Rampage uh, for October fifteenth, two thousand and twenty-one. We are going to talk about the buy-in because we all watched the buy-in. Yep. And watch the whole thing. Yeah. We did. We all did. I yes. Jenny, said. you said you said it in a way that implies that you're lying. Which I mean, you're not, but it's just funny because you're like my you eyes may have like closed thing. at the end for a little bit. I was and getting very sleepy. I thought it was going to be a half hour hour affair, but I think the full hour entertained. Yeah, uh, we begin with a match between Tay Conti and Santana Garrett, and. It's interesting because the November 6th, 2019 episode of WWE NXT um, <laughs> there's a there's an ad covering exactly the text that I need to oh read. Oh no. Right Scroll up. It's it's not it's Oh wow, that's a bad No, don't click on the ad. You're going to get viruses. Oh, right. Jenny, that's how you get viruses. This is from WrestlingInc.com. The <laughs> November 6, 2019 edition of WWE NXT on the USA Network featured Conchi defeating Garrett in a match that received criticism over some of the in-ring work. The bout was the first ever to win a quarter for NXT in the Wednesday Night War as it drew 813,000 oh. viewers to AEW's 809,000 for a private party versus the Dark Order match. Speculation is that AEW booking Conchi versus Garrett head-to-head with SmackDown for the first time was not a coincidence. Hmm. So, I don't know. It's just funny to me that, like, Tony Khan has the lo- the longest memory in the world for, uh, like, you know, insignificant wrestling things. Oh, just like you. Sure, yeah. I've, I've <laughs> is, really monetized it in the same way. <laughs> is Santana Garrett, is she signed to AEW or is she just still, like, kind of a guest that shows up? I don't know that. I don't. I don't recall seeing a Santana Garrett is all elite graphic, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, so anyway, so these two had a match. Uh, Ty Conchi won with the DD tie, and uh, it was okay. It was probably better than. Is it DD Tay? I don't know. Her name's Ty, and it's like. But they say TJ. TJ. I know they they, it's they go back and forth. It is yeah. I uh. I felt like the timing between these two was a little off at the beginning, but yep. then Ty Conti did some judo, judo and jujitsu, and I was like, "Damn, you're awesome!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they should let her do more of that. But I was entertained they should, overall. They should let her wrestle Minoru Suzuki. Oh shit! <laughs> Whoa, that would be—he would, he would be so mean. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good though. But anyway, so, uh, so this started off. Uh, Tay Conti gets the win. Very, very. Uh, she's very likable. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's much more likable here than she was in WWE for sure. Well, she doesn't do the tongue thing here. Right. Yeah, that's True. a big thing for Jenny. Mm-hmm. She she got like pro chance though too, which I I have to say like the atmosphere of the buy-in felt very indie show to me. 
it was almost like they didn't do like they obviously did sound production but it almost sounded like they didn't do as clean of a job and it was very like I don't know gritty in a good way you know camera work felt like that too yeah I I liked it because I'm like okay like we're the little guy going up against the big guy and that's cool and I just thought the crowd was there to be that way too because this match on paper if it were WWE would receive probably negative chance if anything (laughs) or complete silence and I was very happy to hear pro tie chance i i thought the crowd was like we are going to get into this we are going to accept what you're doing like we're we're in a positive place this evening and i just i like that energy it's so much more fun when the crowd is there to play than when it's there to be a dick well i mean megan as we all know the aw crowd is number one as the (laughs) you know star performer they really babied the hell out of these two i gotta say (laughs) I think that uh, Ty Conchi is going to be Britt Baker's opponent at full gear. Really? What is the journey to get there? Well, the journey to get there is that she wins most of her matches. So she's always, she's always like hanging around in the rankings and which actually I should like, I should check out the rankings um, because I haven't done that yet. Fact check yourself. Yeah. Before I fact wreck myself. (laughs) Um, also, I haven't shared this bottle with anyone. Next week on Rampage, this the, the follow the next episode of Rampage. Uh, Anna J, Tay's best friend, is getting a title shot at Britt Baker. What? How does she earn that? They had a they had an angle on the show um, to set it up, and on Dynamite, I think, right? Yeah, they had yeah. An angle on Dynamite. She just came back. Oh man, they haven't updated their rankings. It's okay because okay. the rankings don't actually mean anything. Let people have a day off. Well, I just, they didn't even update them coming into. <laughs> they all had to work on Saturday. Jenny what pictures have... every member of AEW just sitting at a computer, like typing in numbers. Okay, well, as of as of Friday, October eighth, uh, Ty Conti was the number two ranked woman in the. Who was number one? Jade Cargill. Oh, okay. Well, we already know she has a different Thunder Rosa match. She is pissed at Thunder Rosa. She will be concentrating her energy that way. Yes. So anyway. (laughs) She she wants... Wait, guys. Because we're talking about Jake Cargill, can we just... Since we weren't here last week, can we give Justin Shapiro the props that he deserves, truly? Yeah. That... Yeah, he did predict that bitch's championship. (laughs) I was so proud. I've never been prouder. <laughs> I saw that on TV and I, and I looked over at uh, Andy immediately and I was like, you need to text Justin and Justin had already done. Cause I think we're on like a five minute delay or something. He had already sent me a, a message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he had already so done a she, great Twitter post too. Yeah. So Jade has to win is what we're saying though. Like, like Justin predicted it. Jade has to win this championship. I think, I think that's who I would go with mm-hmm. as the first for this title. Um, Anyway, uh, let's let's get back to uh, the 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 booking of the women's title. So this is what I, I think it's Anna Jay obviously loses to Brit on Friday, mm-hmm. yeah. but it'll be through, you know, Jamie Hader and Rebel shenanigans, and then you you pull in Anna Jay, and then, okay. or sorry, you pull in uh, Conti and that's how you that's how you get to Brit versus mm-hmm. Conti, who have never had a singles match against each other. Interesting. They've had two tag matches. Um, <laughs> 
one on the Brody Lee Memorial Show where TJ beat um, yes. Penelope Ford and Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. And then one, a six-woman tag on The House Always Wins, which nobody's seen. So, But uh, Tay's team won that, too. Mm. Okay. So technically, Tay Conti is 2-0 over Britt Baker. Wow. She should really build that up in her promos. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with this. Um, I just didn't realize how short of a trip it was to get there. Because yeah. I feel like, honestly, I've always just assumed that Ty Conti was fighting against whoever Anna Jay was. And now Anna Jay is, as you said, going to fight for Baker. So I guess that makes sense. That's right. Next up, we had a, uh, a video package for American Top Team. Uh, fun times. I, I re- I'm, I, I've, I've kind of like done the roller coaster ride with Dan Lambert's promos where I really enjoyed them at first. And then it was just like, this is the same thing every week. But now that they're actually like doing feuds, I'm, I'm, I'm really good with them again. Well, now that Paige Van Sant is in there, like yeah. doing her hand <laughs> motions. Yeah. Dan Lambert is a lunatic in the best possible way. I, I just, man, what he must go home and like not talk for three days after he's, appeared on AEW the way he screams it's he insane can't. yeah also can i just say about this promo andy say whatever you want it's borne out in a show that we are going to recap as well but the fact that they do this promo it's like the shoot fighters the, the american top team people look so threatening and actually capable that it's like pretty unbelievable jericho and the inner circle are just like yeah we could take them yeah, I mean, like to me, I'm like, no, you can't, sir. That's some Roman Reigns hubris. Yeah, it. I'm just like these these men know how to, they know the martial arts. They do, yeah, they do know and the I, martial arts. Although and Jake I thought Hager this promo does. showed it. Well, yeah, Jake Hager obviously has MMA experience, but um, this promo to me was like, look at how much scarier the people on our side are. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go up against, like, 50-something Chris Jericho. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little well, Sammy Guevara. And, like, okay, Hager has some experience. Well, I think Santana and Ortiz have been through some shit. Like, they don't talk about it a lot. But, like, you can see in their eyes, they've been through some shit. <laughs> they've seen some shit. Yeah. I have I, full confidence in them. I'm All just right. saying. This was I have a, full confidence in that entire team except for Jericho. This was an... It, this was an interesting promo in that, like, I had zero faith in the team that is that is based in AEW after seeing this. I was like, oh, fuck, they're going to destroy these men. Next up, we had Bobby Fish versus the debuting, well, not debut, I think he died in kind of a couple of dark matches, but the, the television debut. Well, no, it was, us. it was on YouTube. So he still hasn't really debuted on television. But the first time, yes, to us, Megan, the debut <laughs> to us of Lee Moriarty. Who wore a like a tiger mask down to the ring and then yes. took it off? Yes. Um, which is that's cool. Uh, and that's uh, like I think Io Shirai did that uh, as a babyface. Yes. Yes, yeah. she did. Um, Bobby Fish's song is cool. Uh, they licensed the what's what was the name of the band? It was, uh, Damn Valentines. I thought it was Danzig and the Misfits in yeah. some format, but it was not. It was Damn Valentines. Yeah, so the song's called Dance Away, and this is the song that he and Kyle O'Reilly used in uh, New Japan. So, uh, pretty cool to hear it again here. And uh, this was, I, I, you know, it was fun. Like, 
I think Bobby Fish has looked pretty good so far in AEW, and and that'll continue into his match that we're going to cover on from Dynamite. But uh, this was basically just to give Bobby a little credibility heading into his match with Danielson the next night, and uh, he won with a uh, a kick to the head. Yes, yes, yeah. it was. I, I am impressed by Bobby Fish it, only because I've seen him in NXT, but for the most part in NXT he was injured mm-hmm. and not really doing anything and i don't know i like his style like his mma MMA style i think he looks like he's legitimately threatening and i'm just surprised at how much he he has bounced back since his nxt injuries i think like i always just kind of i've never really seen him as a singles wrestler i've only ever i've mostly seen him with kyle and it's it's tough when you're the villains because you know you have to Yep. Oh, Jenny. <laughs> but I, the thing, the thing with uh, O'Reilly and Fish is that, and maybe you know, maybe you'll disagree with this, Megan. But I think, but Kyle was so charismatic, and and a lot flashier with his offense. Like, like he he did a lot of the same like kind of jujitsu inspired stuff, but he would do like cool like pro wrestling twists on it to make it more, hmm. I guess, accessible for fans. But anyway, I always so I was always wowed by Kyle even in the tag matches more so than Bobby where, but I think Bobby was probably just like in there being solid and, you know, you don't, you don't notice him as much. I think you're right. Cause Kyle O'Reilly, in addition to doing the like legit MMA, as well as tying in wrestling twists to it, he also just acted way weirder, you know, yeah. like he, like he was pulling attention with all his antics and, and screaming at people and, and like the, the belt guitar or whatever. Yeah. So I think you're right. Bobby was there to be a solid second man, but he was not the focus in in NXT. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like a Penta Ray Phoenix situation. If you say so. <laughs> in in your world, yes. In my world, Penta <laughs> Ray Phoenix situation. And that takes us to Minoru Suzuki versus Brian Danielson. We got we got to see all of Kazanin Ra. Um, after which Jenny told me his song's not very good. Oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> you, you said you didn't like his theme music. Really? Yeah. The crowd loves it. Yeah. I well, yeah. I mean, at the end they all scream, but I didn't think I did. I say that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that's fine. But this match went 19 minutes and 18 seconds, and you was really long thought it was too long it was really long guys like there were good parts of it it was really long so for that late at night so here's my this is my question for you jenny because i thought this would be a chance to kind of like do a little critical analysis of of what you like out of a wrestling match God. because because you've seen you've watched 20 minute matches before and enjoyed them. This was only 20 minutes. I thought this was 35 minutes. This was this clocked in according to the recap I'm looking at at 19 minutes and 18 seconds. Okay. So what what are the things in a wrestling match, in a professional wrestling match, that make you go, oh, I like it when this happens? Yeah, it's a hurricanrana, any form of hurricanrana. Okay. And a lot of rope work. That's it? It's pretty much that, or if they're like really telling a good story, like um, the Bucks versus Kenny and Omega, Kenny and uh, Mega Hung. Yeah. Um, 
you know, that, that one pre-stadium but stampede. Yeah. That storytelling Revolution. was also bolstered by a lot of high spots. Yes. So high spots for your thing. High spots are my thing. I'm going to be honest. High spots are my thing. I think they keep things quick paced. Okay. Interesting. They they look real. Because I understand that wrestling is fake. But the high spots are real. They are real. Wait, They're doing you... flips. Those are real. Oh, okay. All right. That's like that, it's not like stupid kicks that aren't hitting anyone. <laughs> I would argue the kicks in this match were hitting people. <laughs> Hard. Okay. So, I happen to know there was a match in 2019 between... Between uh, Walter and Tyler Bate on an NXT UK takeover that you absolutely loved and were like so into. And that match was like 40 minutes long. So I think another thing that you love in pro wrestling is a real good little guy (laughs) who tries real hard against a big mean guy. I do think (laughs) I like that. And I wouldn't call it a David Goliath match. I wouldn't call it that. It kind of was. David would need to be hot. They do need to be hot. <laughs> Love a good hot boy. <laughs> that Walter Tyler Bate match was awesome, though. And but my favorite match of all time, and Andy, you know this. It was what a couple minutes long, maybe ninety seconds. Oh, Io Shirai versus Zaya Brookside. Yeah, when they did the really tall. Yeah, it was that match. Okay. And you even like Cy Brookside, so. Really tall what? They did the thing where they held the, the legs up in the air. Oh, no, no. You're conflating things. That, is, oh. that was a match for the Mae Young Classic, like a, a different Mae Young Classic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That the was... vertical suplex. It was very impressive with the person who was being inverted. Yeah. Madison Rain. Yeah. Columbus native. So, yeah, I've got a very specific style, and I understand that people like different things. Mm-hmm. But I like a, I like what I like. What have you thought of uh, Brian Danielson's uh, AEW run so far? I, I like him mm-hmm. because I know him as a person. Because mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of reality TV where he just is not wanting to be there, mm-hmm. but is forced to be there. I kind of um, like that energy. It's fun. Yeah, I did. It's really funny. <laughs> and I love his little like relationship with Nikki Bella, who was one of my favorite wrestlers yeah. and people. And I think we would be not best friends because Megan is my best friend, but we could be friends. I'm not threatened. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I like, I like Brian because I know Brian. Okay. And I like it when he does his promos because he's really good at that. And I like when he takes hits mm-hmm. because his skin shows that he's taking a hit. Yeah. Megan, you like that too, even though you shook your head there. You know it. I don't like the hamburger chest. <laughs> I hate that. Um, And I think he's really, really incredibly talented, but I just thought this match was a little long. Okay. He, he gets a little grapply for me. I like more rope work. Yes. Then that's personal preference. Megan, what did you think of the match? I thought it was fucking awesome. (laughs) This match ruled. It's just two dudes. Just like, 
like they weren't just beating the shit out of each other. It was like there was some interpersonal like play there where like they would get up in each other's face and be like, all right, you hit me. And then, it, you know, one of them would hit the other and then it'd be like, OK, now you hit me. And just mm-hmm. like being like, who's the most badass? I thought that was really fun. And I also thought it was just like cool as far as like what they were doing. The technical wrestling I I like because I think it does look cool a lot of the times. And I don't know. I just thought these two work so well together. And Minoru Suzuki finally got more than 15 minutes to do stuff. Yeah, it's. I think it's clear that he needs like... He needs time to tell his story. Yes, and I'm I'm kind of it, it kind of makes me sad that like Moxley didn't get the same opportunity to have that match with him because I think mm-hmm. he was probably really excited for that too. But I am glad that they were finally cognizant of the fact that maybe you just need to give this guy more than I, I said fifteen minutes, but realistically after entrances, it's like a ten minute match at the end of the show. Where yeah. also there are shenanigans at the very end. So maybe you just need to let this match breathe. And I, I liked it a lot. I Yeah, like for all the for all the arguments that you can make about like, oh, this should have been on like why would you throw this away on YouTube where like, you know, a very small like I think I think this match peaked at ninety eight thousand viewers live. Damn. Um, like the 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 final the like the show is now it's it's up at over six hundred thousand, but but you know, like if we're talking about live viewing, it was very low compared to what it would have gotten on TNT. Um, but on the other hand, if this was on, if this had been on TNT, it probably would have had a commercial break. It probably wouldn't have been 19 minutes long. Um, so for that reason, I think it's good that they did it on you, this YouTube thing. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And even though it was on YouTube, you still got the benefit of seeing the crowd losing their mind for this. They, yeah. I, they were doing like the, like the Shield Wyatt, this is awesome chant before these two even touched. Like they just stood there looking at each other, and people were freaking out, losing their minds, and that that really injects a lot of energy into stuff and really gets me bought in. I was like, okay, this is gonna be awesome, isn't it? And then it turned out it was. So just having the crowd lose their minds for this um i don't know i thought it was so cool and i feel like this is also us getting to see daniel bryan doing something different you know like i feel like this is what he wants to do (laughs) like this is where he was trying to go and he Mm -hmm. just gets to be slow and methodical and weird and that just would not work in the environment, like in WWE where he was before. Yeah, I know he was a big star, but I feel like this is a different type of match that he gets to do. And I'm, I just, you can feel how happy people are to be there. I, I even wrote about Punk, like coming up after this, like you can just see how happy he is to be there. And I think that really adds to the show for me, at least just knowing somebody's like super hyped and excited to be part of this. I like that. <laughs> it makes me like it more. So Absolutely. Everything um, about this was awesome. Yeah, I love this. This is one of my favorite matches of the year. I think I think it was like I think it was every bit as good as his match with Nick Jackson in a, in a very different way, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um I would say like uh, maybe a shade below the Kenny Omega match, but uh but like he's he's having a hell of a time already here in AEW for match quality. Oh yeah, he's killing it. Love it. How long how long do you think before you uh 
you get Daniel Bryan out of your vocabulary. Oh shit! Did I call him Daniel Bryan? It's tough. I know. It's it's really it's really wedged up in my brain. And I'm asking a legitimate question. Um, I'm gonna need at least a year of grace on this one, guys. (laughs) uh, I will do my best. I I really will. But it's it's so much easier to say DB than it is BD. Like that doesn't sound as fun. I know BD Wong is a person that I like. BD sounds like a VD. It's rough. (laughs) Uh, it but it was so easy to to you know narrow his name down to DB just to be like hey DB did this so switching those letters around and also just switching the words around in my head oof it's gonna be tough just think about DB Sweeney yeah that actor <laughs> but that's DB I need to think BD oh oh yeah BD yeah like you said BD Wong yeah yeah oh gosh it's gonna be it's gonna I'm gonna need a year I'm sorry All Daniel right. Bryan Brian Danielson's Son of a bitch, I just did it. Oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you're alone. Uh, okay, so then uh, we got this cool video package for CM Punk versus Matt Seidel, which is the big uh, match that's going to kick off Rampage proper. And it was like footage from IWA Mid-South of matches they had in 2005, uh, which was cool as hell. And They were babies. They were they were babies. Like It was like, it was like, Seidel was just starting to make a name for himself on the Indies. I, I think he would, he'd either just started getting some Ring of Honor bookings or he would like start getting some soon after. Um, yeah, he said and, he was just starting and CM Punk was kind of reaching the point in his career where he was a rising star. So like Seidel was coming in and Punk was famousing his way out almost. Yes. So Punk, yeah, this is, this would be like the same year that Punk signed with WWE. Okay. So. So he was like at the end of his indie run of dominance and, 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 and uh Seidel star was on the rise and they, they worked together a few times and yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, it was nice to see that footage. And uh, then they, then they had a really good match to, to kick off rampage. Now, and, before uh, we move on to the match, can I just yes. say Leo rush is here. Leo rush was mentored by Tony. Oh, Khan. that's right. Yeah. In business. And so now he is a businessman and he is giving Matt Seidel. Just because you say business terms doesn't make you a businessman. He said he's giving Matt Seidel the ultimate business stress test by putting him up against CM Punk. And I just love that that's how he views this match. So just putting that out there. It's it's fun times. Leo Rush killing it as a businessman. Tony Khan's protege. But yes, Matt Seidel had a match against CM Punk. I'm sorry. We can continue on to that. That was fine. I'm looking. I'm trying to find. Okay, yeah. Uh, Seidel started as a regular with Ring of Honor in April of 2004, so he had been, he had been around for for a bit. Okay, he's still though. That's so early on, so young for him in his career. Yes. Yeah. Um. Andy, would you find? would you call this match respectful? It was very respectful, and I know you appreciate that. Sportsman, even? I do. I really do. I appreciate a sportsman-like match. Me too. I mean, there was a respectful handshake before the match started. They they, As Andy was talking about, they first met 15 years ago in the Indies. It's their, their first match. So it's, they've got the years behind them, but I just love... You get that handshake, 
you know these two are going in and it's going to be a a good hearty fair match no one's cheating on this one yes and as you as you mentioned earlier in the show the cm punk character is so far and i think we've talked about this before it seems like the idea behind cm punk matches is that like people always give him a really good fight and he's but he's wily and he gets by on guile and guts and you know veteran presence but he hasn't like worked his way all the way back into the top form yet right yes and yeah. and i think that's very ris- realistic and i appreciate that they're they're not trying to fake it you know because mm-hmm. yeah we all know cm punk's been out of the game for 7 years and he's in his 40s it doesn't it's not like insurmountable but he's not right. going to come in there and start crushing people no, but it's so it's like it's interesting though because like the contrast of him and Brian Danielson because uh, see I almost did it too and uh, um, but so like where Punk is wrestling these like not top guys and having right but wouldn't you call you always call Darby Allen a top guy yes but that was the pay per view opponent so he had to wrestle like a, a big star there but 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 like so other other than that he's wrestled Will Hobbs. He's wrestled Daniel Garcia, and he's uh, uh, now he's wrestled Matt Seidel. Right. So he's wrestling these like kind of like mid card level people um, who are like pr- the kind of people who are protected on dark and get a lot of wins on dark, but don't don't really win a lot of matches on the main the main shows. And he's and he's been booked to look like he's just he's really getting back into it. Right. But, Brian Danielson, on the other hand, has wrestled Kenny Omega to a draw. He's beaten Nick Jackson. He's beat. He'll beat Bobby Fish later this night. He's he he beat Minoru Suzuki. He uh, so he's he's being booked more like like a a in his prime, top of his game, like world beating pro wrestler. Well, mm-hmm. because he is. Yeah, he just a few months ago I know, main evented. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a difference, so no, it no, makes no. sense that his booking is different. I I think what Andy's saying does, is but... that. AEW understands who they're who they have and how to yeah how to continue their story almost like yeah 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 that's all I'm saying yeah I mean also Nikki Bella here yeah well like but I think a more apt comparison would be Christian because much like CM Punk Christian was out of the game for seven years but Christian did come back for the royal rumble so he is arguably slightly less ring rusty i don't know but like christian got his moment too and then he sort of become like a a person jurassic express hangs out with yeah so it i wonder where cm punk's gonna kind of level out to be in this i think i think he'll i think he'll end up at a higher position than christian Hmm. i would think so too definitely He's a, he's a bigger he, star than Christian. He's a bigger star. Yeah. He, yeah, no, 100%, yes. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that AEW is going to try and have one of their pay-per-views be, like, at a much higher caliber than the others? Oh, like a, like, do a WrestleMania type mm-hmm. thing? I don't know. I Which one would they pick, do you think? I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm just asking that because I don't think I've, obviously the last pay-per-view was the highest caliber. It was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. But, like, I don't think that was because it was. Because they have what? They have all in, all out, full gear. Yeah, I I, I think all out is kind of the, 
because it's Chicago and that seems to be like their kind of their home base. Um, they might like, go with I that one. The the idea, like you kind mm-hmm. of that that's like the the high point of the year. But I also think with only four pay per views, you probably don't want to make one any of them seem less important. Than <laughs> right, others. that's true. So okay, so they have four. They have all out, all in, full gear, and then like no, what do you call that other in. one? Oh, is all in not? All in became all out because they didn't get the um rights oh, to okay. Play. So they have all out full gear. No. Double or what nothing. Is... Double or nothing. What's the fourth one? Revolution. This year. Are they gonna stick with that? Like in twenty twenty two? Yeah. Like is so. that is that like a rotating title like a pay per view yeah. where they could rotate the title as far no. as like No, they've okay. they had Revol- Revolution this, I mean, this is the order of the, the, they debuted with Double or Nothing because it was they debuted in May. But the Revolution is their February pay per view. They just didn't have anything up and going in February of 2019. But in 2020 and 2021, they ran a Revolution pay per view. Okay, so we have a locked in for title yeah. thing. Okay, yeah, it's just and, it's so weird to contrast against a, like or WWE where like they have some yeah. yeah they have some leeway as to what they call. Some of them. It's right. Yeah. Also weird because two of them are gambling related, but not the other two. Yeah. Like why are two of your four pay-per-views gambling? Because of the bet. And well, also I, that all their pre-shows are buy-ins. So <laughs> no matter what, you get a buy-in. And, and and the idea going forward, as it has was from the beginning, is every year double or nothing is a Vegas pay-per-view. But they just weren't able to do that in 2020 or 2021 because of the pandemic. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, Punk gets the big win with the uh, the GTS uh, countering a crucifix. And uh, good match. Really good match. I thought that was a cool ending to, to further the story of him. You know, I'm not going to say he lucked into it, but right. he didn't get Seidel set up by himself. Seidel had him in a move, you know. Yep. So I thought that was yep. a cool way to transition. Absolutely. Uh, next up, we got Ruby Soho versus The Bunny. And Ruby gets the win uh, with a uh, backslide. And uh, then she gets her ass kicked after the match by Penelope Ford and uh, gets knocked out with the brass knuckles. Oh. Where and are her friends? Ruby has no friends. Riho did not come make the save for her this time like she did before. Um so Ruby just just down on the down in the mud. That makes me sad. I I genuinely thought that somebody was going to run out to save her, and the fact that no one did was like upsetting. So mm-hmm. like, poor Ruby, come on. Yeah. So, so are they painting Riho as not a true friend? I just think they they weren't. They're not going to use Riho in this storyline. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that was that match. It was it was fine. <laughs> Taz. Terrible at singing Ruby's song. No idea what the lyrics are. Off key. Just don't do it. I do love Taz's karaoke, though. I He's, he's, he's so bad. He's so bad at it. And uh, in the main event, we had Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Jake Hager versus Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and making his pro wrestling debut, the, uh, the big dog hunter himself, Junior Dos Santos, and uh, it's it's uh, I believe it's Scorpio who gets the pin here on Chris Jericho yes, after after Jorge Masvidal 
who was at ringside, uh, came in when the referee was distracted and uh, completely whiffed on a running knee strike to Chris Jericho. He did not he did not hit him like he did uh, in the angle the week before. But Look, uh, these shoot fighters, probably afraid of their own strength, probably playing it safe, don't want to go too hard, and, and and that's why we get these whiffs. I, I, I imagine so. I, I thought this match ruled. I loved Junior Dos Santos in there. I also thought the crowd was insane. They really hate uh, the American Top Team guys. I guess they're not MMA fans, even though they're like, <laughs> supposedly hometown people. I fully loved how Dan Lambert on the entrance was just screaming like, hey, stop singing that stupid Jericho song. You got to sing our song. And it's like, do you have a song? <laughs> He's just demanding people sing them into the ring. It's like, okay. It's probably like any any Pitbull song, I think, was. Yeah. Really I mean, they're in Miami. Come on. Yeah. No, then you sing Will Smith's Miami song. Uh, I don't true. know that anybody sings Will Smith's Miami song anymore, but I respect it. I bet it. people do all the time. I bet people in Miami get really, really upset. About that song. Well, I'm sure it's like Miami. Miami do, yeah. But like, I bet tourists in Miami will sing that song. And then Miami natives are like, "Get the fuck out of here with that." Yeah. But yeah, American Top Team, the crowd hated them. Yes, absolutely, they did. Uh, Paige Van Zant, I want to mention her. She was very entertaining. She rules. Yeah. Uh, she was taking selfies of, of uh, basically of herself with Chris Jericho getting beaten up in the background. So we're going to get Paige Van Sant on the women's roster, right? I hope so. She she has wanted to do pro wrestling for a long time. WWE really wanted her for uh, for she was going to do like a SummerSlam match at one point, and and it never came together schedule wise. But seems like she's ready. She's not doing MMA anymore. Um, I didn't think that she was still. She's, she's doing she's doing bare knuckle boxing. Which Ooh. is which is evidenced by the fact that she bare knuckle boxer Jericho into submission the other day. Yeah, which she I don't think is him. that lucrative. I mean, she probably does okay because of sponsorships and stuff like that. But uh, Wade Barrett I, made a lifestyle out of it. <laughs> Just FYI, that's true. That's true. You're right. I'm sorry. Um, how dare I? But uh, right? I do think that she's. I think there's a there, I, I think there's potential for her to do very well. She seems so fucking excited yeah. to be there and like so into it. Yeah. And she looks like Elizabeth Banks, but you know, mm-hmm. she was a murder machine, which and I she love. Does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so that was uh so that was that was how that show went off the air. Uh the inner circle are getting beaten down. But thank God they have some friends. And it's Santana and Ortiz. And this would have been a lot more meaningful. If we'd ever been, ex- if it had ever been explained to us that the inner circle was not together, because <laughs> it just seems like what with the matching jackets, they for sure are together. Well, yeah, and Andy <laughs> got a shirt in his first all elite crate box. That's right, an inner circle shirt. And you know, we had read, not seen, but read that the inner circle were not together anymore. And I just thought, why are they sending out an inner circle shirt for this next pay per view? Yeah. But it's because they're going to have a 10-man a tag. So you now got it, a little bit of a spoiler. I guess so, yeah. It, it's the idea, though, that, like, in a non-traditional fashion, the inner circle didn't have this big blowout moment where they all, like, somebody lost, and then they were like, you suck, and we're all breaking up. They 
like we were supposed to get the the implied we're just doing our own things guys like where they just sort of like a what what is the thing Gwyneth Paltrow said a conscious uncoupling where they sort of went their own ways happily and and we were just supposed to read into that happening because I like that they didn't have a big fight and hate each other but I also just kind of assumed like the inner circle was still a thing because they never said they weren't exactly yeah I mean exactly okay so, so I didn't I miss anything no you didn't miss anything Anyway, but uh, I yeah, so I thought I thought this was a good uh, two hours of entertainment, and uh, I was satisfied with my Friday night viewing. I thought now, Junior I, DeSantos should be praised because I don't know how much pro wrestling training he did, but he sure was there in game for it, and I liked it. He took like a big slam through a table. Wow. He did. He did. I thought, good for you. You're doing it. Yeah, I was impressed. Uh, Megan, we're going to talk about Dynamite now. I watched Dynamite with you. Yes, we did. As, as the Jenny. Yeah. So I'm guessing that you did not take notes for Dynamite. I didn't. That's I thought fine. I'd that's... try, and then it was no, like we were just so engaged in the show and speaking to each other that I yeah. did not. It's to- I like watching Dynamite together. It's, it's totally fun. fine. We're going to do it again this week because it's another it's another like Saturday night Dynamite where we need to have a quick turnaround for recording on sunday yeah you can each drink a bottle of champagne on sunday it fully eliminates my job on the podcast which you know i'm sorry uh well you'll get your job back uh week after next um megan i've never had a job on this podcast your job is to drink and then uh (laughs) and then andy does the rampage and i do the dynamite your job is like the pop of the week Right, that's what I can set to drink. Oh, okay, yeah. True. Drag. I know okay. what she meant by that. So, Andy, I'm assuming that you've pulled up some sort of match guide so that we know we're, what we're supposed to talk about. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm using just like a, a like a basic recap, yeah. I miss, I'm going to be full, full exposure to the audience. I missed the last match. Yeah, you went to sleep because it I was, was asleep. It was 9.30 p.m. on a Saturday and... God help us. What do we expect you to do? Stay awake? We had a family pumpkin carving, and I was tired. Pumpkin I had been drinking will, since 1 p.m. Pumpkin carving will take it out of you. Oh, it what was. a coincidence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to open a second bottle. Okay. She's going to bed at 8 p.m. tonight, folks. It's <laughs> Sunday. We're feeling it. All right. Uh, we are in Miami still. And uh, Un Benito a Miami. Sorry, Will Smith's <laughs> song is in my head now. I don't yeah. even think I pronounced it right. Bienvenidos a Miami. Oh, okay, I didn't say it right. Damn. Yeah. Did uh, Did University of Miami ever uh, incorporate that into like? No, they're always like, we were a fucking university before Florida became a state. <laughs> they were very adamant like, that like they are not Miami, Florida. If you had the budget to license that, you could have used that for like a cool freshman orientation video or something. There were shirts. <laughs> They it was like no that we were a university before Florida. Oh really? It was a point of contention. It wasn't like let's embrace this fun song. It was like no, we are Miami of Ohio, not Miami of Florida, the city. You know, the one that's more famous than us. Uh, Our school is better academically. We start with CM Punk 
<laughs> and uh, he is he is on commentary tonight. Yay! I like on punk commentary. on commentary. He's great at commentary. He is very good at commentary. I yeah. like a happy punk. Yeah. How much longer do you think we're going to get a happy punk? I hope forever, and I hope we lose a JR. In I, the think, process. I think the happy punk will not go away unless and until they crush a spirit, and I'm hoping that that's not a thing that will happen. So. We start out with Malachi Black versus Dante Martin. LBO Leo is in Dante's corner and just largely just looks disapprovingly at uh, at Dante's efforts during this match. Leo's uh, facial expressions are gold. Yes, they are. <laughs> Ugh. Dante he is a much better actor than Matt Jackson. Dante tries very hard. He gives he gives Malachi all 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 he can uh, handle. I love Dante. But uh finally he gets uh he gets he gets uh, kicked in the face with the former black mass dante is my type of wrestler dante dante rules dante i love malachi black he's my fave um but i think it's really cool that dante martin gets to be the first member of AEW to give malachi black a A legitimate yeah like a competitive match like malachi didn't just show up and like do the black mass take him out immediately dante got I don't know how long this match was. Maybe you do, but it felt like he got a very substantial amount of time to do his thing. Nine forty yeah. is what I'm seeing. Okay, I, I liked it. I was glad. I'm glad that that nine forty seems like a substantial amount of time when it's a high flying match. Yeah, I, I think it went well. I think it was very cool to see to see Dante get to be highlighted, but also. I think it's very logical that he did not beat Malachi Black. So it all worked for me. We go backstage with uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus being interviewed by Tony Schiavone. And uh, they uh, make fun of the Elite's inability to do a powerbomb. And (laughs) then the Elite all come backstage and, and, you know, beat him down four on two. It's not fair at all. And uh, including they do finally powerbomb Luchasaurus through a table. And uh, yeah. I I just love their ability to kind of recover from those types of moments. Mm-hmm. They don't take themselves too seriously. And if we're, we're still doing our ongoing comparison of WWE and AEW, I think that they treated this with levity and a way that, that made people get in their corner. I don't think it would have been the same in WWE, but I, I do like that there's not this like crushing penalty for making mistakes in AEW. Yeah. They, like it, they pivot, they can laugh at themselves, they recognize when there are issues. I appreciate that. Yeah, because it feels it is, really good. We understand that it's not. Well, I mean. Luchasaurus is a big dude. And Kenny, while muscular, that's a lot to get up. And I think he redeemed himself this time because he did put Luchasaurus, with the help of the Jacksons, through a table. Wrestling is not real, but... <laughs> them not being able to powerbomb Luchasaurus because of the timing of it is a real thing that happened. Yeah. And by incorporating that into the story, you make it more real. Thank you for explaining yeah. that because I was having difficulties there. Okay. I kind of thought that might but be what you were, you were getting at. You were at. getting at the point that I was trying to get at because I was trying to say, like, it's not real, but it is real. But mm-hmm. like, <laughs> It is real that Luchasaurus probably weighs over 200 pounds and is hard to, he's a big man. It, he's hard to maneuver, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's tough. Kenny tried. Uh, next up, we've got the inner circle. Uh, 
those guys are back again. And oh uh, my god, Eric, we're back again. This was this was a uh, this was promoted as the Inner Circle reunion. The reunion that we were like, wait, where did you go? What are you reuniting from? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but before they can say anything, uh, America Top Team interrupts and Dan Lambert uh, gets his big promo out there. And Jericho goes back and forth. And uh, Jericho targets Paige Van Zant. Really, really comes after her. Well, I mean, so. she's the star. Yeah, see, well, yeah, he's... he's he knows. He's, yeah, yeah she's, she's the one getting featured here. And uh, he Jericho wants a 10-man tag team match with uh, the Inner Circle versus American Top Team. And I presume... That would be men of the year, junior, and then like Dalton Rosta and Austin Vander, whatever the two, like all the non UFC fighters, basically. Right. Um, I would think that. Arlovsky's under UFC contract and um, Masvidal's under UFC contract. Also, Masvidal has a fight in like, I think, like the weekend after full gear. So I don't think, I think doubly he would not be allowed to. He's not going through any tables or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing I'm guessing that'll be the lineup. I'm surprised he's allowed to even show his face right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Well, I guess da- is Dana White yeah. like cool with Tony Khan? Is that just like a thing? Dana and Tony are friends. Yeah, no, I just meant that like he's supposed to be in like, which makes me question critical training. Tony's judgment of friends. But yeah, that's of, true. Know. Oh yeah, Dana White's a lunatic. Like, yeah. sorry to anyone who Dana. really thinks Tony or Dana White is like awesome, but he's fucking loon. Yep. Uh, so anyway, uh, Lambert says that you know it's whatever. But we don't want to. We don't want to do that. But we will agree to it if Sammy Guevara agrees because apparently Sammy Guevara has the stroke in the group because he has a title. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says like Sammy has to agree to our terms, and we will tell you our terms next week. <laughs> uh, so, so Sammy so, has to yeah. agree this week to whatever is next week. Or I he gets so. to wait. I, okay. Maybe he gets to decide on the spot, but I imagine he, they will. They will. I imagine they will agree. I'm, I'm guessing it's just going to be like Scorpio Sky gets a TNT title shot or something. Dippin' dots. Oh, yeah, that's probably fair. Scorpio no. should get that's a TNT cool. title shot. Let him have it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, Triple A tag. I'm sorry, Triple A tag team titles on Tri- the line. Triple A bla. It's the. Oh, it's the Lucha Brothers taking on uh, Andrade's personal friends that he brought in. The uh, <laughs> team called Los Super Ranas. And I, so I was real excited last week when they announced that, like, he was bringing in a team of luchadors because I thought, oh. The prospects. We're, we're going to get, like, triple A guys in AEW to wrestle Lucha Brothers. That's cool. That that is not apparently what they were planning on doing. <laughs> um, yeah. These two guys come out wearing green bodysuits, looking like Dime Store Power Rangers. Yes, for sure. Um, Excalibur is like, I don't, I don't know who these people are. And then CM Punk's like, this is FTR. Is clearly <laughs> FTR. CM Punk's like, I'm not playing this game, y'all. <laughs> I I fully know who this is. Um, and. It is FTR. The Lucha Brothers like unmasks them pretty pretty quickly in the match, and it's FTR. And then, and then like so, all of that setup was weird. But then they just have like a pretty good Lucha Brothers was FTR match, 
in which FTR win and become the AAA uh, World Tag Team Champions. And they're apparently in December going to go defend them at Arena Mexico um, at a big AAA show. So that's cool. Now, uh, you had mentioned that you think they're going to garner a lot of heat being unwilling, like actively against essentially luchador moves. Like clearly they hate high flying. They will not do it, uh, which sounds interesting. But also, is it legal to give AAA championships to people who just refuse to to lucha like, like what what is what what do we feel about this i don't know i mean would you say that kenny omega luchas i mean i guess he does flip sometimes. i think he goes airborne more than ftr is what i will say so okay megan i i i that is what i thought i thought oh this is this will get good heat but uh i do follow I don't follow Lucha Libre closely at all because I don't watch Lucha Libre. Um, but I do follow an account on Twitter called Lucha Blog, uh, who does follow Lucha very closely, as you might guess by someone who had that account name. And he, he posts a lot of Lucha Libre gifts, um, like of, of shows that are going on. And so I, I think I actually link you to them sometimes when I see like a, a crazy dive I've never seen before or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen those gifts. Yeah. And he had a a little bit of a different take on, on like, you know, what, on what this was. Less heat, more legit? No. Okay. Um, let me, let me find where his, uh. Cause I, I want that, I want the angry Lucha heat against two people that have these titles that clearly fly in the face of what Lucha is. Cause they're just, they're so obstinate when it comes to high flying, and I'm mm-hmm. so mad about it. Yeah, I'm trying. Uh, let me see. And yeah. I will vamp on their outfits while you're looking for that because they they do fully <laughs> look like the cheapest version of the Green Power Ranger ever conceived. It was so sad. It was so sad, and they don't have. I, they don't have luchador bodies. I'm just going to put that out there. They, they're hefty yeah. boys, and that's okay, but... Okay, so he, Lucha Blog uh, said, I cannot wait until AAA brings FTR to Monterey or Orizaba and build a match in their style and it dies a horrible death like the other 20 times AAA tried this. Oh, no. The current goal of AAA's title booking is just to be acknowledged by AEW, and I guess I'm glad for them that it's working out. Um, he also said, let me see. Like, okay, so, but my initial interpretation of this is they're happy to be seen by AEW in the sense that AEW now has roster members holding these titles, but do you think that this is a, what they view as a doorway into putting the titles on someone who, on a team who actually is from from their promotion and then maybe getting them on AEW television. I mean, maybe. Um, Cause that would be cool. Like bring the, like, like you said, the concept of like a different promotions, luchas coming up and, and a tag team having a match. That sounds cool. Uh, okay. So, uh, Rob Viper, who's another, uh, who's a person I do not like, but, uh, he does, he does follow Lucha closely. And, 
he says uh, this title. He's kind of in the same conversation. Uh, he says this title change happened for the same reason. All triple A decisions seem to be made. The head booker Conan wants a job in AEW, an issue that is completely detrimental to triple A, but goes ignored. Uh, so anyway, um, but like Conan does stuff like. Uh, well, I think he, he's implying that he wants to he, that Conan wants to be like have a full time gig in AEW. Uh, yeah, I guess my thought is like, couldn't he though without this sort of dance? I mean, he has clearly established himself as someone Santana and Ortiz look to and trust. I, I, I think Conan could be a value, but that, that's kind of beside the point. That's just like, I mean. Uh, and then, and then finally, uh, the, so, the, so these tweets were for last night when the thing actually happened. Mm. This morning, uh, Lucha Blog, who's, who's I don't know his real name because he's mysterious, but mm-hmm. um, his the name he goes by on the internet is the Cubs fan. Uh, his so, internet, his internet mask. Yeah, um, he did a he did a tweet thread where he said, uh, "Always fun to get a lot of this will work in AAA responses from people who definitely don't watch AAA." If you're happy because you're fans of FTR and they won, I'm happy for you. I've got nothing against them. If you think FTR as outsider champions is a cool creative angle for AAA, maybe at least look up the current men's and women's champions, which I think they're pretty much all outsiders right now. That's just kind of like the booking that this company does. He says, FTR will get announced for a match in December. They will send in one promo. AAA will make no other effort to get them over. Some of the crowd will know them. Most will not. They will win. Triple A will have no plans for them after because they don't make plans. They just do things. Oh, <laughs> so basically this, this is a long way around for me to saying that I, I had the initial thought that like, Oh, this is cool. This will get heat. But a person who is much more expert in it is, was, was right on there to say like, this is not, this is just gonna, this is not going to work. That's depressing. And seems like a big waste of time. I, I really do genuinely wish that they'd find a way to, I guess, send their talent down to or up to to fight with Me too. the many high flyers available in AEW. But this sounds doom and gloom, which is mm-hmm. unfortunate. So uh, we go back to um, backstage area where uh, Dante Martin and Leo Rush are hanging out, and uh, Leo's very disappointed. And he's talking about what a failure Dante is, but it's okay because you know there's he, you don't, he gives uh, him that stern look that like you done fucked up child. Yeah, it's it's one of those like, but it's also one of those like things where he gives him a speech where it's like you don't win and lose, you win and you you don't win or lose, you win or learn, and uh, and he is going to coach him up, and he is going to be his tag team partner from here on out. So. Huh. So, my question about Leo Rush is, um, didn't he, did he retire or semi-retire at some point because he didn't want to get injured and, like, had to take care of his family? And now is he out of that? I get, like, what, what's his journey? He's announced a couple of, he's announced retirement a couple of times. Um, okay. And neither have stuck. How old okay. is he? Early thirties. Oh, young. Yeah, late twenties. I don't. I don't know. How old Leo Rush is. I think I saw. Twenty six. Holy shit! <laughs> He'll be twenty seven next month. He's not. Would that have yet. loved to retire at twenty seven. 
would have been great. Um, but I, I feel like I saw stories about him retiring because he decided that he wanted to not get hurt yeah. so he could provide for his family or whatever. But now it seems like he's stepping he's stepping back into the ring. Yeah, I, I think I think he had a really bad experience in WWE. Mm-hmm. And I think it I think it beat a lot of the love for pro wrestling out of him. Mm-hmm. And I think prior to W, I th- and I think, you know, like any indie guy, especially in the pre AEW era, the reason you want to make it to WWE, aside from just like fanboyishness, is that that's where you make the most money. And right. And so I think he was frustrated with not making money on the indies. And then when he got to where he could make money, he was frustrated creatively mm. um, with his spot. And I think that essentially he he's finally found a situation where he can work in a place where he's more creatively and financially fulfilled. Okay. So, all right. That makes sense. He married his two goals. I, I just wasn't sure if, if he was coming in to fully be like a manager, especially since he did his debut at the one pay-per-view and he, yeah, you know, he, he had his, he did get hurt in that match. Yeah. Yeah. He had his whirlwind performance that resulted in an injury. And I wasn't sure if that meant like, and now you only do business stuff, Leo Rush. Right. So, but also like AEW is a place where if you are even though it was a young guy, like you know Will Ospreay's a young guy and he's really banged up because he does so much crazy shit. Right. Um, but if you're if you're a young guy, if you're if you're a guy who's banged up, you can you can work a schedule where you're only having a match like once a week or once every two weeks. You know, you like it's not like they book everybody on Dark and Elevation all the time. You know, it's mostly people who are younger and need all that ring experience but a guy like leo rush could probably get along with having a couple of matches a month and and mjf works like four times a year exactly yeah (laughs) yeah i that makes sense and i'm glad he has the option honestly because it is dangerous but um leo rush as a tag team partner could be cool we we only saw him that one time so could could be totally cool, who knows? Um, but yeah, glad to clarify. So I guess, unfortunately for Dante Martin's brother, Darius, who has been out on injury for uh like a year now, <laughs> it feels like a year. Um, Leo Rush is stepping in and becoming a tag team partner. Wow, sorry Darius, you're out. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Darius was injured in February uh, with an ACL injury, and that's usually oh, nine, nine months to a year. So yeah. Oh, that's rough. So he could he could be back soon, but so and maybe that's part of the maybe that's part of the timing. It's like oh, Darius is going back soon, so you can do a thing where Leo and Dante are together, and then but then the brother comes back and is like, hey, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> we were top flight. We were the original yeah. tag team. Okay. You were, yeah. you were a bad influence on my little brother. Your business practices are questionable. Uh, next up, uh, we've got uh, FTR is uh, trying to get out of the building, but uh, MJF and Andrade have to uh, conduct a little business transaction, and uh, Andrade pays MJF because apparently it was uh, that was the arrangement for um, for them to take care of uh, uh, the Lucha Bros for him. So. 
Yeah, the pinnacle lending people out. Uh, that's a very MJF move. I believe it. Yeah, you know, that's how it works with you, independent contractors. Um, Wheeler Yuta wrestles John Moxley, or tries to, but he lasts a, uh, a stout 48 seconds after uh, Moxley. Moxley was uh, not getting paid by the hour here. Oh, Wheeler. You poor, poor boy. And just the... The BTE segment that's going to come out of this where Chuck Taylor tells him how shitty of a job he did. It's going to be heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, next up, we get uh, Serena Deeb uh, talking about, you know, like she took a sabbatical and she watched all these fucking idiots in the <laughs> AEW Women's <laughs> Division just being idiots. And now she's back and, uh, and you know, she's going to she's going to run things. And uh, Hikura Shida jumps her. And because uh, she does mad about getting laid out with the uh, with the the plaque from last week, so this feud must continue. Yeah, Karoshida should be mad. That was her plaque. She didn't win it, and then Serena Deeb destroyed it. Double she burn. Did. Uh, then we have uh, our big uh, all action match of the night: Young Bucks and Adam Cole versus Evil Uno, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. Tons of fun. Tons of fun. My favorite part was when John Silver and Alex Reynolds took out the Bucks and then took their place for whatever the move is called where Adam Cole holds up somebody in like a lock and then and then the two Bucks kiss him on the cheek. Silver and Reynolds kissed him and he was like, yeah, what? Yeah, that was <laughs> oh, the best part. No, it was so great. So cute. Yep. Budge. Budge energy. Budge. It's all about the budge. Uh, the elite, of course, win. So the super click win. Panama Sunrise BTE trigger on Reynolds. Uh, oh, poor Reynolds. Jungle Boy um, comes after Adam Cole uh, and the Bucks afterwards, though, and and uh, they run away. But he catches Brandon Cutler, gets him in the snare trap, and uh, and uh, the Cole super sprays click. Do him. Not, yeah, he sprays him, and the super click do not come save their buddy. Brandon. It's his greatest role to date, but unfortunately, that means that his friends do not care for him. Yes. We get a interesting vignette with uh, Cody Rhodes at the Nightmare Factory um, doing training. Um, all the other members of the factory tell him what an asshole he is. <laughs> Red Velvet slaps him for being a piece of shit. Kylan King is also there. She slaps him later. I wasn't aware that Kylan King was part of the Nightmare family. Does Cody, are we operating under the assumption that wrestling is real for this segment? Because Cody seems really surprised that people are just like doing moves on him. Yeah, and I mean. You'd think he'd be part of it, you know, as as the person taking them. Well, no, I think, yes. I think I think the idea is, I think we are supposed to think that wrestling is real in general. When okay. we're, 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 as far as what we're watching on TV, on Dynamite. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know where this is leading. I mean, I guess in the short term, it's leading to a third match between Cody and Malachi Black. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Arn think... Anderson is taking a really tough love approach on this one. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to end up getting Cody cheered against I th- against Malachi. I don't think he's going to get cheered, no matter what they do. No. I mean, I, I personally am going to cheer for Malachi. <laughs> 
Uh, MJF is out, uh, and he's there to wrestle Darby Allen because that match was booked at one point, and he claims innocence, and he he barely knows what happened last week in the parking lot. He heard something bad happened to Darby, but he's not he's not really sure. He wasn't there. Um, but he does demand that a referee come and uh, count out Darby Allen. So uh, Wardlow emerges and hauls out Bryce uh, Remsburg, and <sighs> Bryce Bryce very very hesitantly starts counting to ten. He gets to nine, and then the lights go out, the snow falls, winter is coming, Sting has arrived, he uh, he hits Wardlow with a bat, knocks him down, oh, and uh, MJF bails, and uh, he doesn't want any part of Sting. So No, as he should not want part of Sting, but God, poor Wardlow, you know? Just... Poor Wardlow indeed. Out there taking a beating for his ungrateful boss. Yeah. Uh, Tony is talking to uh, Anna Jay. And then uh, Britt Baker interrupts. And uh, basically says, hey, the guys in your group lost in the match earlier. So you guys are losers. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know that that makes her a loser. But it, it, I guess it technically makes the, the, the guys losers. Um, and then they fight. So... And this was, uh, of course, to set up their match for Rampage, a women's title match. Mm-hmm. Exciting. I mean, it's unfortunate that I think we all assume Anna Jay is not going to win. But I like that pair up for a match. Yeah. You know. yeah. Could be fun. Uh, Kira Hogan versus Penelope Ford. Uh, this was a little all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, yeah. I. <sighs> not a lot to say about it. It's just like, Kira Hogan, Kira Hogan's not that smooth, it doesn't seem like. No, but. Uh, it's a good look. She looks cool. Uh, does she, is she in AEW in the sense that like, does she have dark matches or is it, is she just someone they brought in? Once or twice, because I know she's been on the show before, but is she in the, like, thick of it every day, or is she literally out doing other stuff, and then and then we we bring her into AEW as needed, and that's maybe why things are not smooth? Um, I think that, let me see, Kira Hogan, da, 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 da. she has been working dark... And elevation since August, so about two months. Okay. She's interesting. Had, she's had quite a few. She's. It looks like she's working every week. Okay. So this. Ooh, that's. I mean, hey, we all have bad days. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Penelope Ford wins with the with the Moodlock. And uh, Ruby Soho runs in to try to get revenge for the night before the bunny pulls Penelope Ford to safety. So uh, Ruby Soho looking super cool. Love her. She does. She still needs a bunny to take these two on, though. She does. Like, where are her friends? Come on, where is man. Liv Morgan? Oh, in WWE, as far as we know. Yep. Uh, we get a vignette of uh, Miro. Talking about how he hasn't got been able to go home to his hot wife because he can't 
he can't bear to face her after losing the TNT <laughs> title. And he's also like very pissed off at his vengeful god. Uh, <laughs> because hey, he feels like he feels like his vengeful god has forsaken him. He know it's he's called it a vengeful god. Like you lost and he's vengeful. I, I don't understand the question here. Well, he's frustrated because he says that God, this God has given him a body of granite, but a neck of sand. Oh, no. Well, okay. Yeah. Okay, fine. So he says, like, he basically, he's basically like, I need to win, and if I don't, I'm going to, like, I'm going to get God. <laughs> Which led to Andy explaining to me the history of, in WWE, there was a match against God, and it sounded real dumb. It was real dumb. Okay. Please don't do it, AW. Please don't do it. If you're not familiar, uh, please please look up the Wikipedia article for Backlash 2006. You can do your own research. Uh, after that, we get what I thought was uh, the highlight of the, uh, the entire show. Hangman Page joins uh, Tony Schiavone in the ring oh, and so talks about talks about the history of cowboy shit and. Uh, and this was just a great promo about his like his kind of emotional journey from the beginning of the company when he was supposed to be the guy and he didn't get the win over Jericho and and through the tag team with Omega where he started to regain his confidence to then you know then then, then going away to to become a father and then coming back and he's finally two years later it's finally time he's finally gonna he's finally gonna get this big match against Kenny he did not predict his own victory but he said he's you know he's gonna be He's going to be there and he's going to give it his best shot. Hangman Page is. It's like he's too charming for his own good because he's charming in a way that isn't smarmy. He's just. God, you like want the best for him. And I really, really want him to win. I think he's just a precious boy. And I don't know. He's just he's just a sweet, sweet man out there laying it all out for us. The crowd putting his emotions on the line, and I love him. He's pretty great. And that takes us to the main event of the evening, Bobby Fish versus Brian Danielson. They have a uh, a competitive match. They do. Uh, it's good. They go, uh, according to this recap, they go 12 minutes and 45 seconds. Danielson finally wins it with a heel hook after they had, they had had each other in heel hooks, and then they started kicking each other in the face with their free legs. <laughs> which was a very cool looking spot. Um, but uh, Danielson wins out and, and really wrenches it in and, and Bobby fish taps out. And uh, I think, I think in every match that he's won, he's used a different finishing move. Yeah. You said that the other night when we were watching, which I think is cool because you never really know when Brian Danielson is going to beat you, I guess. Yeah. You can't I think, tell. That's, I think that's great. I think that it's great that he's got like four finishers. Yeah. Maybe more. Um, Maybe more. Yeah. I'm a fan of the cattle mutilation myself, but mm-hmm. I thought this was a, a cool match. And once again, Bobby Fish, good for you getting out there. Good for you. It's a real glow up from Bobby Fish. <laughs> yes. Bobby Fish here is a glow up from Bobby Fish there. Also, how did WWE not? take the opportunity to copyright his name in a way that would hurt him. I, I mean, his real name is Bobby fish. Oh, they can't get it. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I think, I think his name is literally Robert fish. So. 
okay, well, extra good for him. Good job, Bobby Fish. But he, once again, I, it's kind of like, like you, you said at the beginning, Daniel O'Brien has had this escalating level of opponents. And I'm not saying Bobby Fish is like chopped liver or anything, but he got the opportunity to face this man who is, uh, he's coming in hot, you know? into this company so i think that's really cool and i thought they had a good match so that was not the uh the end the end of the show um the end the end of the show was a look at the brackets for the upcoming tnt uh championship tournament and i have got the brackets up on screen and megan i am going to uh share my screen with you here hell yeah um so you can also see them Tell me when. Tell me when you can see it. I see the brackets. Okay. Okay, we've got the brackets. And Jenny, can you see the brackets? We can see the brackets. Okay. This so, is a small bracket. So it's an eight-man tournament. And we have got on the left side of the bracket, we've got the Dark Orders 10 versus John Moxley. And Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs. On the right side, we've got Dustin Rhodes versus Brian Danielson and Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. And the the finalists will meet at full gear. You're gonna get our picks here, right? I am going to get uh yeah, like like who who we think is going to I mean, like I mean it's I'll give you mine. I'm gonna okay. go out on a limb and say all of ours are gonna be the same, but okay. Maybe not. Maybe not the first pick. The set the Second and fourth picks, maybe not. Okay, Jenny. Um, like, I, I just take me through this bracket. Yeah, your, I'm going to take picks. John Moxley, Orange Cassidy. Then I'm going to take Brian Danielson. You know, I'm going to do Lance Archer. Okay. And then I'm going to do. Hold on, Megan. Give me your first round. Uh, John Moxley, Orange Cassidy, Brian Danielson. Lance Archer. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Mox, uh, Hobbs. Oh, good changeup. Danielson, Kingston. Just to be different. Kind of. Thank yeah. you. Just to and be different. And then defiant. I'm going to pick Mox Danielson. That's where I land as well. And that's where I also land so yeah. well. So basically, yeah. So this isn't much of a tournament for like. And then I'm gonna go Danielson. Okay. Me too. Uh, I'm gonna go. Um, so like, I know it's gonna be Danielson, but I have to pick <laughs> Moxley because my heart. <laughs> okay, that's fine. And that's why you lose all of the champagne bets. I don't care. I'm putting my heart and soul into this, Jenny. <laughs> okay. So whatever, it's a tournament. Um, the, the end goal is to get to a Brian Danielson versus John Moxley match. We know that from the leak. We know that from our own eyes, just looking at this bracket. I, I was gonna say, even like leak, it's hard to it's hard to unsee the leak. But if the leak hadn't happened, don't you think you'd kind of arrive at the same yes, top two? You would one hundred percent. And why are there only eight people in this bracket? Well, you know. We have a short time till full gear, I'm assuming, is, like, the the thought process. Here, here's my 
main problem with this bracket, this tournament. I, I think it's gutless. Um, I think this is the kind of tournament you book when, well... Gutless is a strong word. It's gutless. It's absolutely He's gutless. He's coming for Tony Khan. Watch your ass, um, TK. When you look at this lineup of people, including, like, so, so like, this, this is a tournament to decide a number one contender for your world title, right? Like, the yes. finals of this tournament are taking place on your next major pay-per-view. Yeah. Why is 10 in this tournament? Yeah. Why isn't CM Punk in here? Mm-hmm. Why isn't Darby Allen in this tournament? Mm-hmm. Why isn't Chris Jericho in this tournament? Why isn't MJF in this mm-hmm. tournament? Look at all these top stars who are not in this tournament. And the answer is... Because it's gutless. It's because it's gutless. Because they only want to beat one top guy. They want to they wanna beat as, as few top mm-hmm. stars as possible. Which... I understand the reasoning. But this is so this is why we've always said that it's dangerous to have those dark and elevation things because the top guys don't want to work that much. I was and also that's why going, you can't beat the top guys that often because well, you have so many wins on those lower shows. Jenny, I was also going to ask where do the rankings fit into this because are we picking the top guys based on rankings? Because I'm going to I'm going to grant them the the truth in that I don't think CM Punk and and Danielson are ranked even though Danielson's in there but they haven't worked enough matches if the rankings bear out shouldn't they have picked the top 8 I mean the, yeah theoretically yes but like obviously that's not they're 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 not married to these rankings they never have been that's not that's not really what the rankings are for God damn it they introduced the rankings they should respect them or yeah. the rankings awesome. for them. for a bit of color and for for a bit of color and for a bit of storytelling convenience when they choose to use it um but but like uh, like just for instance I don't want to go through all of these but for instance Preston Vance um the last time he had a singles match on dynamite it was one of the brody lee men new york right i, I feel yeah, like he shows up whenever brody lee match. yeah i'm still looking oh, oh god he's scrolling april 22nd 2021 he challenged darby allen for the tnt championship wow okay um he's had a lot of like tag matches on dark and elevation very few singles matches there's yeah. no reason that he's in this tournament i mean the reason is he's there to be beat yeah he's there to lose to dustin to, to uh to uh john moxley uh same thing for dustin rhodes dustin rhodes hasn't wrestled he wrestled you know he wrestled malachi black in september mm-hmm. but prior to that he hadn't been on dynamite since june and Prior to that, he hadn't been on Dynamite since, hadn't had a singles match on Dynamite since, like, last year. So, my my feeling is that you could accomplish this exact same thing with these exact same matches if you wanted to without calling it a tournament. Mm-hmm. You, just ha- you just book these matches for Danielson and Moxley to win, mm-hmm. and then... You get to the point where, okay, what was the bracket again? Like, like Danielson has beaten, Dan- so so one week Danielson beats Dustin Rhodes, mm-hmm. the next week Danielson beats Lance Archer, one week the same or same, Eddie, the same time, we don't know. the same yeah in the same time frame, um, Moxley beats 
Preston Vance and and uh, Orange Cassidy, let's say. Then, so you got these guys both on a roll. We're two weeks from the pay-per-view. And then you say, like, okay, at the pay-per-view, these two guys who are on a roll will face each other. And that way you don't do a sham of a tournament mm-hmm. with a bunch of people who don't deserve to be in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That was it my is, I agree. It is yeah. very much a tournament set up to be like, if you can't guess the outcome of this tournament, what are you doing? You're a WWE fan, according to Roman Reigns. Yeah. I mean, to the extent of, like, Danielson versus Moxley. I'm not... I'm assuming it's a Danielson outcome, but who knows? But that's the part that... That's the fun mystery, as opposed to getting there. It's like, yeah. of course it's going to be Moxley Danielson. So anyway, the, the, it's, it's it's not that big a deal, but it was it was frustrating to me when I after I saw those brackets and I was really thinking about it last night. So. Yeah, I mean, I... I feel your frustration in that the TBS title confuses and frustrates me already. Because um, I thought that there was going to be a tournament based on the four people who are expressed interest. And instead, like, that's it's not official yet. Well, again, we're supposed to get brackets for that Friday. Well, I'm already frustrated. Okay, <laughs> I'm just putting that out there. Fair enough. Well, hopefully... You listeners won't be frustrated with this two-hour and 45-minute show we gave you. It's amazing, I'm sure. I'm back, baby. Yeah. Baby. Boom. And uh, And we're going to be back in this uh, same kind of like time frame next week. Yes. We're doing another uh, Saturday Night Dynamite, but then back on track on our usual um, Friday morning release schedule. So uh, <laughs> Megan's still making I keep doing the boom. Motion. I just <laughs> like it. I like the timing. Sorry. Uh, yes, but but yeah, but thanks everybody for listening. Yes, for for myself, for for Megan, for Jenny, we really appreciate it. And uh, and you've been listening to the Elite Beat. E Elite Beat E E Elite Beat.